And welcome back to the For Film Sake Podcast, everybody. My name is Brandon Sheen. I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And... Devin Penninger. And today we're going to be talking about La La Land. Uh, but before back. we do any... What? 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 La La Land. No, I was like, <laughs> welcome back, Devin. Hey. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, you were here for another Gosling movie the last time you were here. No. Uh, oh, no. The Place Beyond the Pines. No. I probably, I probably worked it into the conversation. Uh, he was here for Girl Interrupted. Fuck me. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I just talk about Gosling a lot. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm confusing my white friends. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of them. Before we do any of that, let's do the, the catch-up. Uh, catch-up. Um, I'll be remiss if I didn't bring up Game of Thrones. God damn. I, I know y'all, y'all aren't watching Game of Thrones, but it's like the majority of the world is. I'm going to start shit. it, though. I got HBO, uh, yeah. HBO Go now. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, start at the beginning. I mean, it's, it's fucking awesome. The very first episode is incest. So, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> but um, but Cersei, Cersei is doing that shit. She is mad with fucking power. I mean, it's just I, I love how maniacal and evil Cersei is. And as a person that roots for villains, I hope Cersei wins. I hope Cersei kills everybody. Jon Snow dies. Danny dies. Everybody dies. And Cersei is the, the ruler of the Iron Throne. Cersei was uh, the one that was fucking in Brother. Yes. In the first episode. Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's who I want. And um, <laughs> Danny, the uh, Daenerys, the, the, the blonde that yeah. we've seen her tits a couple of times that has the dragons. Um, her, she's uh, she has a father called the Mad King. Mm-hmm. Well, um, he had dragons before her, but he went crazy because he had so much power and yada, yada, yada. He fell from, from grace. Danny is going along that same kind of line now she has the other uh, dragon she has the power and now you're starting to see her become a little power mad and can kind of see how that can all fall apart so hope she does that'd be great i just want to say how great that sentence is like if it was heard out of context like she was the blonde we saw her tits a few times she, she has the dragons she has the dragons <laughs> <laughs> yes but yeah, the, um, game of thrones man but yeah game of thrones we're on episode four now uh, a new episode comes out to uh, on sunday um have you heard about the hackers there's like um a group that's been hacking into uh, to hbo oh but the, uh, hbo released a statement saying that it wasn't actually hackers. no no, no well the uh, the hackers haven't released the uh, the, the recent episodes but one episode has been released it from a company that they work with yeah. from uh, India yeah so oh, that fuck. episode that episode is online right now but the quality is shit and you can't have subtitles so you can but but it wasn't the episode I thought it was just a script of the episode that no it's the, the episode episode 4 the episode 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 okay. 4 bad quality no subtitles Watch it if you want to. But I'd rather see it in HD if I'm Ex- going to watch exactly. anything, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, it came out like three days in advance. Like, why? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think those hackers, like, wanted to release it, like, a month earlier, but they couldn't get past until now, so they just kind of, like, fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, one of the scripts got, got leaked, mm-hmm. and HBO released a statement that it wasn't actually, like, an external I've hacker. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. So, like, what the fuck? Like, Sony's getting hacked? Like, all these people are getting hacked? Like... Because I mean, Sony yeah. got hacked two years ago, yeah, and a bunch of like personal credit card information got mm-hmm. swept, like got swept up. Uh, HBO got hacked recently. There was another like video company. I think Netflix ne- had a couple yeah, Netflix, of hacks. Netflix. Mm. It was Orange Is the New Black got released early. Oh, wow. oh really? Like the first ten episodes. No, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well. It's it's weird that people are hacking television shows that are gonna come out like three more days. Yeah. Just yeah. wait, man. It's fine. Yeah. You'll All be right. fine. Hey. <laughs> I think Orange came out like a month early, yeah. and then yeah. it didn't really affect its ratings. No, no. it didn't. Because hmm. people what? are going to watch it. The reason people watch it on Netflix is because it's convenient as fuck. Yes, yeah. it is. I'm not going to go out of their way and just be like, <laughs> I'm going to find the hacked episodes. I'm and too watch lazy them for torrenting. Same. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I don't have it all. Um, ha- have y'all guys been watching Ozark? Yeah, uh, he has. I yes. Haven't. What do you think about it? I, I'm going to have to figure out how to talk about it so it doesn't. 
ruin it for Brian. No, that's uh, fine. Brian, no, it doesn't matter. Brian's I don't not gonna watch that shit. <laughs> He's not gonna watch it. No. What? <laughs> I might. I might watch it, but, but I just don't give a shit about spoilers. Did so okay. Like, yeah. But, I don't did really you care. like Breaking Bad? Uh, I like Better Call Saul way better. Than what? Breaking Bad. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I like both, but yeah. still makes me want to say what. <laughs> um, but yeah. mm-hmm. you, there's no way you can't. Like Enjoy Ozark. Ozark, you, yeah. you have to like Ozark. I yes, like. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's good. <laughs> I what feel like you're dumb it? if you don't like it. I'm, I'll say that. I feel like someone's dumb if they don't like Ozark. You heard it here uh, first. Well, I won't go that far. I'm because just kidding. It's, it's, it's so derivative of Breaking Bad to where it's not really uh, pushing any boundaries or going that far. Yeah. But we're only in season one, so I mean, they might be progressive in season two. But season one, the only thing that I can see different is like cinematography. It's very gray and gritty yeah. and dreary. Something that we weren't getting the exact same thing from Breaking Bad. But Breaking Bad cinematography was like A1. You know, I mean, you see, oh, yeah. you see some yeah, like, like the wads from Breaking Bad. Like that was awesome. Have, uh, I don't literally think someone's dumb if they dislike. No, no, I'm really fucking I'm, around. No, you but, should, you should. Brian totally Ron said that like vacciners are like stupid asshole. Like I mean, we 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 have gone all the way in like the past three days. We've like fucked everybody. Sometimes people take what I say too literally. I feel like so now I feel like I have to clarify because no, nope. I don't. Know. I run into the same problem, man. I've said shit at school and people look at me like, "What the fuck yeah. are you?" I just I, like, I don't actually want to kill myself. Yeah. You guys know that, right? I want to mention though, uh, it's about Ozark. There's this dude. Uh, Kevin Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's from Charlotte. Oh, nice. No, really? I've, uh, I don't know. I could say I hung out with him, but I feel like I was just in the same room with him, and I was yeah. too shy to actually talk to him. Okay. And he was really shy, too. So there's like two awkward dudes who had zero communication, uh. and then he gave me his business card, and I'm like, I have nothing to pitch. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Because <laughs> <laughs> this was like when I was 21. Yeah. But, oh, damn. Um, they used to have these film meetups in Noda. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Anyway, Kevin Johnson's in Ozark. He's mm. the real estate guy that uh, he kind of... It seems like he has a slight crush the on, on, guy. on the main dude's wife. He's he's uh, He lets the dog lick the peanut butter off his toe. Oh, his mom, off his toe? That was his toe? That's yeah. how you graduate into getting your peanut butter licked from your balls. <laughs> Is he the guy where the, uh, the main character, the guy from um, Arrested Development, I can't think of his name. Yeah, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. So uh, Jason Bateman's wife goes to get a job or whatever, and this guy's sitting at like a cubicle yeah. with a dog. He's getting licked off his toe. Yeah. Oh, I, thought I, thought it, was, I thought it was his toe. I thought it was his dick. I didn't know. <laughs> well, it, they, did you finish the show? Yeah. They reference it later in the later episodes, and... They say it was his toes, but uh, it's his mom who says that. So maybe that's oh, just what no, she you're thinks. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before is yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. So it was probably he, his dick. He, oh. Yeah, could have been. It could uh, go either way. Either way. But either he way. he has like a dramatic scene later in the series mm. when he's like gets intense. It's like I just want my fucking money. Am I gonna have to get a lawyer involved? I'm I'm trying not to get two shows mixed up because this show reminds me a lot of Fargo. Is this the one where he has an argument with his his mother in the middle of the street? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yep. All right. That's Kevin Johnson. He's from Charlotte. Okay. Like, yeah, That's fucking cool. Let's back up a second. What the fuck is or or Orsark? Ozark. Or, Ozark. What is it about? What's happening oh, you want in the show? It's about uh, cleaning money. It's about laundry, money laundering. Oh, okay. And, yep. uh, okay, so I have seen the commercials. It actually looked pretty interesting. Yeah. But yeah. I have no idea. How many episodes? It's 10. 10? Oh, yeah. that's not too bad. 10 episodes. The Says the guy that still hasn't finished club. My favorite part <laughs> of the show is Julia Garner, though. Well, who like, is she? She's the, she plays Ruth, the blonde chick. Uh, I think need more. She's, you think she's going to kill the main character for a while? Oh, okay, yep, 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 yep. All right, gotcha. She's, yep. uh, I just, I haven't seen her in anything. And then yeah. you see her in this and you just, Jason Bateman is great, but I didn't expect someone else to give him a run for the money acting wise. Like, nice. She, I, they could just give her season two, in my opinion. I think she's a good one. <laughs> that would be pretty dope, yeah. Is that on Netflix? Oh, uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. Sweet. Uh, this is the girl he's talking about right here. Oh, she's pretty. Yeah, she plays, um, 
I don't I don't know what you would call the the family that they're attached to, like hillbillies, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like hillbilly family, whatever. But yeah, she's like one of the better actors on the entire show. She's, she's awesome. She's like a villain you kind of end up rooting for a little mm-hmm. bit. But she's also like they're all villains. Even the main guy, he's a money launderer. He's a villain. Yeah. Right. So it's a show where you don't root for the good guys, like Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. But I guess I guess that 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 explains like the echoes of Breaking Bad. Yes, hardcore uh, a lot. I uh, um, I seen a cartoon called Brickleberry. Over I like the Brickleberry. Week. You seen that? I I've seen parts of it. Yeah. It's it's so over the top. It is <laughs> it's it's so unnecessary. Like it just go. It's it's just like going past the line for the sake of going past, past the, the line. line. I interviewed <laughs> the guy, the guy that does one of the voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, does also SpongeBob. Oh really? Uh, I wow. I got to interview Tom Kenny's his name. Yeah. Nice. That's how I learned about the show like three years ago. Yeah. That's that was when cool. it was first coming out, yeah. It's like the best thing that I like from uh, Daniel Tosh. Like oh, I, can't, really? I can't really stomach his stand-up or the show Tosh.0. <laughs> I can't do it. But in this, when he's like a, a cute little adorable bear saying these crazy <laughs> things, then I'm okay with it. Forgot it was a bear that show. Yeah. It's really awesome. Uh, you guys, you guys uh, seen or heard? I haven't or, seen it. No, I mean, not the show, but just anything else in general. Uh, I'm trying to think because I, I know that I watch a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in, oh, I've been, I got Hulu now. Oh, nice. Uh, so I'm into like Hulu's primary market is television, yes. which is weird because I don't watch a lot of television, mm-hmm. but because it's on Hulu now, I just started exploring telly. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching uh, Steven Universe. I don't know if you've heard of yes, that Yes, I have. Hell yeah. What? Oh, yeah. well, I was about to give a shout out to somebody that didn't matter, but go ahead. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Sorry, person that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching Steven Universe because yeah. uh, my friends at school watch it. And it's actually like really adorable. Yeah. And I'm like actually enjoying the shit out of it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I got Handmaid's Tale on my, uh, my queue for Hulu. Handmade what? Handmaid's Tale. I've heard I, oh, Handmaid's Tale. A Handmaid's Tale, oh. yeah. I'm never, I feel like that's a show I'm just never going to watch. Like everyone's telling me to watch it and it just... It's like it just seems thoroughly depressing. It is. Yeah. It's severely depressing. The book is depressing. The story is depressing. The show is going to be equally as depressing. Yeah. But uh, they tell me that the cinematography is like absolutely gorgeous for that show. Wow. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm going to give that that show a go. That oh, used yeah. to be enough. I feel like to get me to watch a show. It's like the cinematography is great nowadays. It's like yeah, there's a lot of shows out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the quality of telly has gone on like amazingly high. Yeah, man. Uh, I just don't watch shows that I know are going to thoroughly bum me out as much as I, I used to. Shows or movies. I used to watch like all this art house shit that was incredibly depressing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and now I just feel like I don't know. I don't have I don't have the time. And I do have the time. It's just an excuse. I just you just don't, don't have the time to get bummed out. Yeah. yeah. I rewatched uh, all of Shameless. Love so that. I've seen the whole series twice now. Yeah. I yes. haven't. I haven't seen that series yet. Man, I saw this, two it's, episodes of so it. It's the only show good. I like more than Breaking Bad. Oh, really? Ooh, yeah. Damn. That's how, yeah, that's how I, I mean, I, I like it a lot. I like how Debbie's character is, is growing now. <laughs> I, like, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know, you can kind of see the kid is growing into versions of their parents. Like, yeah. Lip is just going to be the same thing as his dad, I feel like. It's Frank. Yeah. He's just going to turn into fucking Frank. It's and crazy. they revealed Frank had, like, a great shot in college. Yeah. And, that, and he blew it, too. Yep. Yeah, yeah man. So, I mean, it's, it's a really great show. Oh, shit. I've seen, uh, like at school, I've seen Cinedoc New York. You know that movie? Cinedoc New York? Cinedoc New York huh. with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, he's got a, uh, it's Charlie Kaufman wrote this movie. It's the other, I think he's got two two movies that we haven't talked oh, about. Oh, you're talking about Schenectady New York? Yeah, Schenectady New York, I think that's actually how it's pronounced. And uh, anyway, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman written by Charlie Kaufman, directed by the same lady that directed a, I think Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, Maria Glor- Glorsky, I think. 
right. Uh, and like the movie's fucking fantastic. That I uh, Miss Baker played it in class in my senior thesis production. Yeah. And uh, we watched it, and the movie's really long. We started. Uh, we ended up leaving class late. Mm. Movie has never bummed me out. Wow. As much as that fucking movie has <laughs> bummed me out. I gotta see that. Then. That movie, like I walked out of the classroom with my head down, carrying my magic cards, just going. Fuck. Wow. <laughs> it is an amazing movie and it made it made me feel weird, made me feel sad. It wasn't even it wasn't even like I was like depressed at the movie. It was yeah. just genuine sadness. Was knowing that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's dead, did knowing that make it sadder to you? No, no, not at all. Like oh, okay. I forgot he was dead until you just said it. <laughs> what's what's the name of the movie? The scene of Dark New York? No, scene of uh Schenectady. Schenectady. It's a weird fucking name. Google uh Charlie Kaufman Philip Philip Seymour Hoffman, you'll find it. All right. Uh, but, uh, and I may not be fully pronouncing it right either. Yeah, it's a weird word. I don't know how the fuck you say it. But it's essentially, it's a, it's a playwright that gets a grant, the MacArthur grant, mm-hmm. and essentially unlimited amount of money to do something fantastic because uh, they recognize that you have talent and they just want you to make a thing. Mm. So it's pretty much an unlimited amount of money. And what ends up happening is he wants to make an honest play, a play about the real life. So he ends up recreating all of his life choices in the form of a play. Yeah. And he hires actors to play himself and the people around them because he's this kind of character that didn't have the courage to like do the life decisions the way he wanted to do them. Hmm. So he's using all these actors as proxies to make his life go the way that he wanted to. Yeah. And at the end, it just, it just becomes a huge feedback loop at the end. Huh. And you're just sad and depressed and people are dying. Wow. And like everyone's just sad and bummed out. And it's been like 35 years and he still hasn't done the play. And you're like, fuck. Sheesh. It's a great movie. It sounds like something I would masturbate to. <laughs> 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 uh, but that was a really beautiful looking movie. And it was genuinely impressive. But holy shit. If you guys are looking for it, uh, spelled S-Y-N-E-C-D-O-C-H-E, New York. I can't pronounce that. Synetic-y, whatever, yeah. New York. It's, uh, it's one of the, I think it's one of the better Shirley Kaufman films and mm. one of the better directed movies by, by Maria Glorsky. Mm. Like, I think that it's a better movie than Eternal Sunshine, but Ooh. the reason why it doesn't come on top of Eternal Sunshine is because it's so drab and depressing. Oh, oh, like people, people are not gonna have fun watching Cinderella, but they're gonna have fun watching Eternal Sunshine. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I watched that, and that was a lot of fun. I also rest, watch a movie called Wrist Cutters. Wrist Cutters. Wrist Cutters, a love story. Oh, that was just used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but yeah, yeah. that's dope. Yeah, that movie was really good. It's yes. about uh, uh, people when they commit suicide, they end up landing in an afterlife mm-hmm. that's exclusively for people that committed suicide. Yeah. And the dude's trying to find his girlfriend after he finds out that she committed suicide. suicide too. Yeah. And it's a great, it's a great, it's a weird road trip movie. It yeah. really is. What if you just overdosed? Do you still end up in the same spot? Uh, a lot of people are there by accident just because they kill themselves by accident. Mm-hmm. So, Like, do they meet Kurt Cobain? That's no. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> meets Kurt Cobain there. <laughs> they I'm do not. not. But Nick Offerman is in it. Nick Offerman blew his head out. Mm-hmm. And he has, like, a gunshot wound on his head. Hey, have you, s- we, talk- we talked about Fargo one of the mm-hmm. last, okay, I need to speak right yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. We talked about Fargo last time I was here. Mm-hmm. But I only talked about season one. Yes. Right. Nick Offerman's in season two. Have mm. y'all seen season two yet? No, I haven't even seen Fargo. After you left, I uh, I watched season one, two, and three. <laughs> See, I haven't seen I haven't seen three. Bill Bob like... Thornton is not in anything but season one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he voices. He has a he does a voiceover in season three. Season three is great. Okay. What does it do a voiceover if he's not in any of the seasons? He's just like narrating like 
So, but is this his character or is it just not a character? It's, oh, okay. I, I, I don't, yeah, it's, it's an anthology, so it's like you, we can't be like referencing him from season one because that character doesn't exist anymore. Oh, okay. It's, it's antholo- I, I didn't know it was anthological. Is yeah. uh, season three connected to the other nope. two? Any, to uh, one and two are connected. Uh, well, yeah, because yeah, 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 they are. But I didn't notice that it was connected. My girlfriend had to show me that like their parents were gotta, on season two. I got to send you this link. There's yeah. way more connections than, than just that. Yeah. There's like this whole 10 minute. These guys who like had way too much time on their hands, they broke down like in ten minutes all this stuff people wouldn't notice and how they're connected. Like, yeah. it's the prequel. Season two is the prequel. The prequel to it, yeah, yeah. Because oh. the uh, the Indian guy uh, who or Native American guy I should say, yeah. he's, he's the guy who survives at the end of season two. Yeah, uh, Billy Bob Thornton kills him in season one. Yes. And oh, I didn't even make that connection until I watched that thing on YouTube. They had uh, to spell it out for me. You know, I didn't think about that either. I didn't think about the, uh, the 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 Native American guy that's chasing him through the the hotel at the uh, on the end of season two. Yeah. That's the same guy from season one. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> all the right. last thing I watched, uh, Rick and Morty came back. I haven't watched a single episode. It, it's it, uh, there's I think there's only one right now. There's some, there's the one that we saw in July. Yeah. And then there's the it's oh, been there's one only two Sunday. Total? Yeah, it's been one Sunday. Okay. Uh, today comes out. The other one comes out today, and it's yeah. Big Rick. Mm. <laughs> when they slowly so release excited. them, it's like a big event. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm actually going to go over to a couple of friends' houses and watch uh, Pickle Rick kick some rat ass. I'm the way with Rick and Morty the way you are about um, about Dragon Ball. Like, I can't just watch <laughs> one episode. Like, I have to have multiple episodes to watch. To binge that shit. Yeah. Have oh, and, and Boku no Hero, I, I'm caught up. That story is going fantastic. Hell yeah, I it love is. Boku no Hero. Yeah. Have y'all seen That's Sneaky it. Pete? Have y'all seen that show? S- Sneaky no. Pete? Huh. Scott I heard Brian, about it. Brian Cranston's one of the creators. Oh, wow. Yeah. Him, him and David Shore, the guy who wrote House. Um, love House. Yeah, yeah it, Sneaky Pete has Giovanni Ribisi in it mm-hmm. and, and Brian Cranston. Cranston's the villain in it and then uh, Ribisi. Like, it's another one of those shows where, like, there's no good guy yeah. in the whole show, pretty much. Yeah. But A lot of those are happening lately. Yeah. Every character is like an anti-hero in that show. And the one last thing before I cut off, because we've, we've been over time, mm-hmm. I started, I watched, like, the first 20 minutes of Horace and Pete. That's on Hulu. There's no way you can watch that show. No, I couldn't. <laughs> no I, like I watched twenty. I was like maybe fifteen and twenty minutes. Yeah, and I just, I just sat, I just sat there, yeah. and like I just, uh, I can't. Like my girlfriend fucking... can't even watch that show. She loves Louis yeah. C.K. She can't even watch it. She was like, if I want to deal with like my own depression and anxiety in real life, <laughs> then I'll just go outside. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to. You know, it's like it just gives her too much in her feels. That's funny to me because like this friend of mine, Matt. That's like he thinks that's one of the best shows ever made. It is one yeah. of the best shows ever made. I can't, I can't go out telling people about it because nobody has fucking seen it. So I gotta fucking die inside. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's one of the yeah. better shows. Yeah. I, w- I want to give it a go, but yeah. I watched 20 minutes and I had to stop because yeah. I was gonna cry. Yes. And they didn't even leave the fucking bar. They were just there having a conversation for 20 minutes. Yeah. Bummed me the fuck out. Fucking Buchemi and Louis C.K. Two yes. of the saddest looking dudes on the planet. Alan Alda. a fucking bar. Alan Alda's on there too. Oh, when we went to that other uh, Marin concert, there was like an old white lady that I sat beside. She was oh, like, yeah. you remember that lady? Yeah. I sat there and we talked for like 20 minutes about fucking uh, Horace and Pete. <laughs> Seriously. I was like, wow. I get to fucking come on. Anyway. Uh, that was yeah. pretty lit. I, um, the last thing I seen was uh, Jay-Z released his uh, video for Moonlight. Uh, from this 444 album. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, what's, what's so um, unprecedented about this is if anybody ever watched Friends from yeah. back in the day. Yeah, all right. So, um, <laughs> and that's, and we, we talked about this a little bit last time you were here, that um, Friends, you had the cast of all white people in New York City, and it was just weird that it's not diverse at all. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's something that you really couldn't do in this day of age, day and age. And um, Jay-Z has taken that Friends setup and replaced with 
all black cast. The, the <laughs> cast is uh, Issa Rae from uh, Insecure. Uh, let's see, Tessa Thompson, uh, Tiffany Haddish, Lil Delray Howery, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, Gerard Carmichael. I mean, it is freaking awesome. Like this those, is a music video? It's a music video, yeah. Okay, but um, the first 10 minutes of it is um, is a sitcom. Okay. So they just kind of do a remake of Friends, and then it goes into the actual music video. But for anybody that who knows who these names are, like, sheesh, That's these are the cool. best in 30-somethings of black talent that East we have in Hollywood. That, that's pretty much the only one I'm, that I recognize, but uh, she's great. Insecure is really good. Yeah, hell yeah. Did, oh, you, did, you, did you see uh, Get Out? Uh, I still haven't seen that one. Did I you see to. Atlanta? Yeah, I love Atlanta. Atlanta, um, the guy that plays kind of like, he's kind of like a pothead, he seems like, but he doesn't, I don't know how to describe him. He's kind of like spaced out. Oh, he played uh, Snoop Dogg in... Uh, in the, the Compton part? movie. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's he's in it. Lakeith Stanfield and Lil Lil Real Howery. He's the guy from Get Out. The plays TSA. Okay. Oh, okay, that's yeah. a guy. I yeah. like that guy. He's pretty oh, yeah. cool. Uh, you know, funny thing. Uh, before we end, uh, I I've heard that album, that four 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 album. That would not connect with you, I don't think. Uh, it it doesn't. Yeah. Because right. <laughs> the only song I really like is uh the sto- uh, the OJ. Uh, the story of OJ. Yeah. Story of OJ. That's yeah. the only song I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But, like, the album sounds good, yeah. but just none of it means anything to me. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't expect it to either. I mean, it's like yeah. a, a guy was um, a guy on Facebook was talking about how this album is trash. And then it was like, what the fuck? It's like, it's, it's weird to listen to, to have somebody say that because when I'm hanging around younger people mm-hmm. and then they're telling me how uh, Lil Yachty is great and yeah. how Lil Uzi is great. and uh, they, you <laughs> All know, my friends and then. I hate this. No, no I'm just saying just how, how, how these new people are good. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, I come from a different generation to where you actually have to be lyrical and... And a purpose with your song. Yeah, you but have I'm, to give a shit about yeah, the thing. But, that you're but I'm not gonna bash what you're listening to because I like the energy in the music and it's wavy and it sounds cool, you know. So I mean, that's that. But it's like just because this older type music isn't something that you connect to does not mean it is trash. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. should just start walking around now saying a little yachty and a little oozier trash. It's not true though. Just <laughs> it's just not I mean, true. little 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 yachty is is pretty close to trash. <sighs> I kind of agree with that. He, look, he looks like... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree with that. Uh, uh, he looks like an ugly Wendy's girl right now. He, like, he, he is not he a... Does. He's got Skittles for teeth. I'm still yes. on the, the damn kick, the Kendrick Lamar kick, where I, uh, yes. I feel like I can't That's give... music. I can't give 444 a fair shake until... You're I'm that. not constantly playing damn every day. I don't, Just because it's not as good to me, so it's like I'm not... And I, I think 444 is okay. I'm not bashing it anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's bad by yeah. any means, but I just feel like... I relate to Dan more. I yes. like it more. Yeah. So I can't yeah. get into the other as much until yeah. time it's, has passed. Jay-Z's new album is more like a hip-hop spoken word, more yeah. so yeah. than just like a rap hip-hop album. So, I mean, you're not really going to get the vibes that you want, but it's informative as all hell. I mean, it's great. I, uh, I like all of the I like the I like the sound of it. I just don't understand the lyrics. What's the title of the song where he says, I apologize a lot? Oh, um, I don't know. It might be Kill Jay-Z, maybe. Okay. Maybe. I, yeah. like, I like the... Kind of gospel sound yeah. in the backing track of that. Oh, yeah. Sweet. All right, I'm going to cut it off so we can go ahead and talk about La La Land. Uh, we'll be right back, guys. Gosling, no. <laughs> I, I can fuck Gosling. There's zero percent chance. Maybe. No, no. You don't. You can't fuck Ryan Gosling. Maybe like the sad half, I, half Nelson Gosling, where he's playing a crack at it. He's kind of beaten down. Yeah, like maybe that one. <laughs> you know, like if I can't if I can't fuck Scarlett Johansson, there's no way anybody in this room is fucking Ryan Gosling. It's just not happening. I mean, a man can dream. Right? I mean, you could dream. A man can dream. <laughs> what was that Scarlett Johansson movie where she's uh, it was directed by Her? Joseph Gordon Levitt? Oh. oh, that was a uh, Don John. Yeah, that was that really was, good. That was good. Yeah. They're like the worst people. They just douchey bro guys. Mm-hmm. But then 
they grow on you. Like after 20 minutes, you're like, well, I kind of get these people. She, well, Joseph Gordon Lovett's character grows on me. Julian, Julian Jacobs. What's her name? Julian Jacobs? Yeah. Julian Jacobs' character grows on me. Scarlett Johansson's character is just repugnant. She's terrible. Repugnant. God damn. You realize that's all there is to her is the beauty. Yeah. In the beginning of the film. Yeah. I guess that's the point of it. All right, anyway, fucking La La Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, give us, the, give us a rundown. La La Land is a PG-13 release in 2016, a drama film romance, two hours and eight-minute runtime. Uh, the rundown is Sebastian, played by Ryan Gosling, and Mia, played by Emma Stone, are drawn together by their common desire to do what they love. But as success mounts, they are faced with decisions that begin to fray the, uh, the fragile fabric of their love affair and the dreams they work so hard to maintain and each other threaten to rip apart. Uh, it's written and directed by Damien Chazelle. Uh, is that how you pronounce that? Chazelle? Yeah, yeah Chazelle. Chazelle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stars Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Rosemary DeWitt, J.K. Simmons, John Legend, and more. Nice. Uh, Damien Chazelle, for those that don't know, also directed Whiplash, mm-hmm. uh, who is another as another great. That's a great movie. Movie relating to music. Uh, I think I think La La Land was my f- number one pick for the year it came out, and it came out twenty sixteen, right? Yeah. That was my number one pick for Oscars. I actually, mm. I didn't want it to win the Oscar, but I, but it was my pick for Oscar. Uh, okay, oh, that you that you believed would win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't want it to win yeah. because I wanted Moonlight to get it, mm, it but uh, but La La Land was my pick. Mm. It was one. It was, my, it was my favorite movie of the year, mm. and it's just it was such a like it's just such a romantic little movie. Yeah. It is, and it's, it's a love letter to people that to like people that want to do something they're really passionate. about. I don't about. feel like it's a little movie though. To me, it felt like it's a big visual spectacle. Yes, by far. No. But I get what you mean. It's like a small story. It is a very yeah. small story, but yeah. it's like a visually big. I never cared about the Oscar drama because it was down to those two films, and I felt like they were both deserved the best it. two films, yes. and they deserved it. So I felt yeah. like. Y'all are nitpicking when you got two great films. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of how I felt. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but Moonlight like, was more intense, though. Like, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it also, it also it had like, the better story. Yes. Yeah, Very but it was much. also more, I, I, I think, like, like Moonlight's story was also absolutely going to get the Oscar just because of the nature of the story mm-hmm. at the time. And, like, with the Oscar, so white controversy that happened the year before, mm-hmm. like, I was bound to win it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, it was it was bound to win it like in the in the climate of the Oscars. It was probably like going that. to go to Moonlight. I, I don't like that. I don't know if it's bound. Yeah. I'll say this: I don't think either film was like a sure thing. Yeah, La La Land's like, who really like young people that you know? Yeah. How many can you really name that are jazz nerds these days? No, it's no, not no. like the most likely picture to get it. Yeah. it took a long time to even get the screen. Moonlight is about. Growing up gay and black in the South, that yeah. was a hard sell, too. Yes. And I felt like it was a time when, like, hey, both of these kind of unlikely pictures are... No, no, no. I, I'm not saying that, like, like, like uh, La La Land was, like, in any way more deserving of it and, mm-hmm. like, like Moonlight won no. purely because of what it was, but, like, the, the climb out of the Oscar at that time... I yeah. still want to disagree yeah. just because it kind of takes away from, from the film. The film. Yeah. You know, I, like, I'm saying, regardless of the climate, say that climate never existed, we I still think have two so very won. good films, and Moonlight yeah. still would have won regardless of the climate. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But anyway, but La La Land uh, ended up being my favorite movie of 2016. Yeah. And with good reason, like, the music in La La Land is fantastic. You've mm-hmm. seen it, like, how many times have you seen it? Like, 27? <laughs> no, not that many times. <laughs> I uh I made a joke actually like with Camille the other day. It's like when I finally reached who's, the point where Camille? I'm. <laughs> 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 I was like when I finally reached the point where I'm like done talking about it. Oh, I got to do a podcast on it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it uh, eight times in theaters total. How many times did you see it outside of theaters? Uh, just once actually. What was your feeling seeing it in theaters as opposed to seeing it at home? I think it's better in theaters because it's a big visual spectacle. Yes. But I also have like a 
55 inch TV, so it still is kind of mm. decent size. I don't know. I just think it's better in theaters, but Same. I it works. It still works. Uh, like watching it on DVD or at home mm. on Amazon or whatever. It's I still think it's very good. It's just uh, I feel like they missed the opportunity for the visual spectacle of it if they didn't see it in theaters. But it's, yes, I'd definitely. still tell people to like get it on digital or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like like uh, the I think the the best experience about this movie is definitely the sound design and the soundtrack in mm. theaters. Like having those big speakers around you, just like fucking playing that music next to you. Yeah. It's it's just a lovely movie. And like, but the, the the reason I love this movie so much, it's uh the apart from being like an intimate tiny story mm. that was made sort of this big uh, spectacle about following your passions and whatnot, is that the movie, uh, the movie. First of all, the movie tells you what it's about when one line when he's talking to his sister. It's like, mm. why do you say romantic? Like, it's a dirty word. Yeah. Like, that's my favorite line in the movie because it tells you exactly what the movie's about. Yeah. It's these people that are so passionate and, un- and like, unwavering to the determination to get what they want mm. that, uh, that it, it edges on the, on the line of ideal and unrealistic mm. when they still go for it and they have all that obsession that happens. And I feel like that's very relatable to, like, the, the art crowd or the people that want to be artists, the filmmakers, the musicians, and all, and all of those people that sometimes they... I feel like like that obsession can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I feel like La La Land uh, portrayed that so honestly and sincerely mm-hmm. uh, to the point where, like, Ryan Gosling is living in, in boxes in a house that he doesn't really want to unpack until he achieves it because he doesn't know where he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Stone has her own struggles with her family and inadequacy. Yeah. These are all things that everyone, like, as an artist and filmmakers and, and musicians and all that kind of shit go through and mm. I feel like La La Land portrayed it so sincerely and so honestly that those people didn't have a choice but to relate to the story of La La Land. Hmm. I could and relate to the uh, the Emma Stone scene where she has that line that it gets me every time I see it where she's like, I can't pay back the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that exact moment uh, where like uh, I used to book comedy shows and if you're if you're in an area where there's not like a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. and you know, where it's like you have to create your own stuff, kind of like that's a big emphasis in the movies. Like, yeah. we'll c- write your own roles, create your own thing. And so, uh, I would book my own shows that I was in, I'd book mm. other people in them, but if the turnout's bad and then you got a headliner, they still got to get paid. The venue still has to get paid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just that depression of why the fuck do I keep putting myself through this? Yeah. It's that moment. Yeah. So I, I've said that exact same thing, just I can't pay back the venue. It's Yeah, that must be fucking heartbreaking. I uh, I think my only knock, well, I may have a few, but my only big knock on it was a missed opportunity to be a little more progressive with such a large movie. You mean, uh, are you talking in terms of diversity? Uh, not well, diversity too as well. But um, all right, here's a line that um that I got. Keith says this in the movie. He's like, "How are you going to be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist? Uh, you hold on to the past, but jazz is about the future." Right. All right. So within the movie, we have this storyline of um of moving a old format into new and bringing right. it into a new age. At the very beginning of this movie, we have immediately for me, I, I could tell it was like an old to old Hollywood. The very first, the opening, if y'all can remember, the very first shot is in black yeah. and white. Yep. All right, so the, yeah. very, the very, very beginning is in black and white, and it, it was very reminiscent of... Um, and it fades into color. It fa- doesn't it actually it, say, like, filmed on Panorama? Yeah, at like the a, beginning, yeah. It's like an old-ass uh, projector company or something? Yeah, yeah it, um, it reminded me of, like, a movie like Hell Caesar, if y'all have seen that. The, I haven't um, seen it. It's like a yeah, throwback yeah, to Hollywood. It's a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hell yeah. But um, I feel like they, they missed a, an opportunity when... Um, 
who who was talking about it on Facebook earlier? Jasmine Bird. Yeah, uh, Jasmine shout out, Bird. Shout out, shout out Jasmine. to you, Jasmine. She she wanted she wanted to know why you know in a, a film that is that is set in L.A. about uh, jazz and musicians that there isn't more uh, racial diversity uh, in the film. You know? See, I I feel like like I have I have a huge disagreement with that mm. uh, because yeah, the movie could have been more diverse. Mm. But did it really need to be more diverse when the story is about these two characters? Like, it story is, is purely about these two characters. It is a small story, just about two people. Right. Yeah. Mm. No, go ahead. No, no, that was that was more. That was it. So, like, my <laughs> <laughs> the argument is we don't need diversity. No, 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 no. no, no. The, the okay. argu- the, the I'm argument just saying is, it's it's just about it's a very focused story. It's just yeah. focused on two people. My mm. my argument is that, that the two people that it's following just happen to be co- like white people that are going through this following the dreams. But like the scenery, the like the background of the movie is constantly filled with like black people and people of different races and Italians and, and like I've yes. seen races. Yes. The background is filled with them. And like in mm. the jazz clubs, most of the musicians playing are black, are black yes. which pays respect to the origins of like mm-hmm. jazz. Yes. So like my problem with like the argument of this movie needing more diversity mm. is that people want the main characters to be more Not diverse. Not necessarily main characters. Or like the supporting cast or, or whatever. Yes. People want people on screen time to be more diverse. But Especially when it's about something as um uh, something like something like jazz. I'll say this though, yeah. like about Damien Chazelle. I think he's a guy. Like, have you ever listened to many interviews of him where mm-hmm. he talks about? He's a white jazz musician yeah. himself. Yeah, so he he's he's kind of almost run it into the ground. As much as I like La La Land, he's like, I'm glad his his next film is not about jazz in any yeah. way because mm-hmm. he's kind of done all he can do. I feel like is it still is it still involving music? No, he's uh, Ryan Gosling plays Neil Armstrong. Oh, I've heard about this. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. This is next he's directing that. Holy shit! Yes, yeah. nice. But he did a film before Whiplash, uh, where the the main guy was black in it, mm-hmm. and he kind of said in some interview he felt like he was writing out out of his element, and it was uh. easily his worst film. It's not that great of a film, in my opinion. Other people, it's called a uh, guy and Madeline on a park bench. Uh. It was made mm-hmm. on like a shoestring budget, and it's because he's a white jazz musician and he doesn't really know how to right from the experience of a black man. Mm. Right. And maybe you could chalk that up as, well, he's a writer. He needs to step it up. Diversity in the writer's room. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah, but, but the, the problem with... I think he views it as staying in his lane. Yeah. I just think that's how... The problem with movies is that there's a difference with, with how you write a movie versus how you write a telly. Like on a television show, it makes sense for there to be diversity in the right room. Mm. But normally when you write a movie, mm. it's only you and you get notes from other people. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, let's... Like, 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 there's, a, there's an individuality to writing a movie, and, I mean, and it's, so it's not, it's not one person like writing a film, though. For the most part, the process involves no. one person. You get notes and edits from other people. No, man. Like, there's not a single movie that me or you has ever seen that one person wrote. Not one. I want. I'm gonna disagree on that. All right. Well, well, well yeah. uh, what about uh, Sling Blade? That was that's one. That was just Billy Bob Thornton. No. <laughs> what, 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 what I'm saying is, it's like say say I decide to take a piece of paper and write a hundred pages, mm-hmm. and then I give it to my editor. That when I when it's given back to me, that is not my work, the same work that I had anymore. No. If no. I give it to someone to make a revision, that, that is writing sense. as well. It's just it, I'm just saying it's not one singular idea. So if if it's coming from me and I'm writing about. Puerto Ricans or whites that might want to mm-hmm. filter it through someone who has been through this type of thing. I mean, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. But you're still writing within your own experiences. Yes. And like the core of the movie, the core of the themes are just going to be within your own experiences, no mm. matter how many people revise your script. Mm. And a movie, it's like it, uh, when there's one writer listed, mm. especially when it's like it's in, in the case of self-directed movies, mm. a lot of the time they're going to be your filter through things no matter how many people get their hands on it. Yeah. So like, it makes sense to me that as a white jazz musician, he couldn't write through the experience of a black jazz musician I mean, or that's, a black man. He did that with Whiplash too where it was like, it's 
a very, I guess, white experience. Like, yeah. there's, I don't know. I feel like that. I think he's just staying in his lane. And then I mean, you, that, we talked about that with the Seinfeld thing uh, last last. Almost like I wouldn't want Jerry Seinfeld to have black friends on the the Seinfeld show because it wouldn't seem genuine. It doesn't seem you know right. But we're in 2017 now, and the only thing that you know is still a small circle of white. No, I don't. I don't think that's. I I, I think there's some misconception between like that being the only thing that that he knows. It's just mm. that his experiences are based on being that. Yes. Like, and this is a this is very much a movie based on, on at least a, an emotional personal experience. So mm. it makes sense that he's going to go with what he knows emotionally. Yes. For a movie like La La Land, mm. and 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 that, like maybe any other movie they can make could be more diverse. But for La La Land, it makes sense for him to want to be sticking on that lane. And I didn't have a problem with the lack of diversity in La La Land mm. because for me it was just that we just happened to be following these two people that happened to be I feel white. Like, I feel like yeah. if they replaced jazz with anything else, and a lot of it's almost seem more classical music mm. to me than jazz, yeah. actually. It did, yeah. If they, if they re- say they, you swap out jazz with anything else. Hip-hop. Hip, or, or, no, no, okay. <laughs> All right, don't do it. I'm saying it's like jazz is like, if you switch, flip out jazz with hip-hop, yeah. and you have Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone doing this, but there are black people in the background, black people in the uh, that are singing, dancing, and, and in the back, but it just seems kind of odd. Yeah, I get what and, you mean. And hip-hop is, is a derivative of jazz. Like, it directly yeah. came from jazz music. So, I mean, it's okay to have... Uh, uh, vanilla Ice, you know, to rap like hip hop is fine for any culture whatsoever, but it just seems. I odd. get what you mean. I don't think as as much as I liked it and as many times as I saw it, I don't think it's a perfect movie. Like yeah. I, I think uh, I don't think Damien Chazelle knows how to uh, show poverty yeah. in a way that's believable to me. Yeah. Um, like I felt like he could have done a little more to show that they're struggling. Yes. Or showing, like uh, certain things just didn't ring true to me. Like. And it, it's like Emma Stone's apartment she lived in. Yeah, mm-hmm. she had a bunch of roommates, but just the size of those rooms. It was so nice. Yeah, it's like you're not going to be able to live like that. Mm-hmm. And then like when they wanted to imply that Gosling was living in poverty, yeah. they just cut to a shot of the corner of a wall that's got a stain on it. It's like that's not yeah, enough. You've got to look at the size of the places they're living in. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be able to rent a place that nice and big as a musician yeah. Yeah. making that amount. So it struck me as... That stuff struck me as unrealistic. So I, I understand like the issues with the diversity. There's a uh, actress, Reshma Gajar. She's mm-hmm. actually doing a voiceover in the, the documentary uh, mm-hmm. that Camille and I are directing. Okay. She's the very first uh, chick you see on screen in La La Land. Uh, she's an Asian wearing the, uh, the singing in the car. Yeah. Well, she's Indian. Yeah. Oh, she's Indian. Well, yeah. shit, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she, she wears the yellow dress. She gets out. Yeah. She's fantastic. And I'm biased because I've talk to her at this point but yeah. i feel like they could have gave her more to do um and it was kind of a fluke that she even got that role like right. chazelle auditioned all these people and then he was like well she knows the moves she's been on set every day mm. so i uh they they could have done maybe some of those people could have been bumped up to bigger roles she could have been one of emma stone's roommates mm-hmm. instead of just you know having that five minute window in the film yeah but uh i i have kind of an issue with the People made a big deal of cultural appropriation, but I don't. Uh, I don't, I don't really believe. I think I don't like the phrase cultural appropriation. Yeah, I, don't know if I, th- I think it's dumb. Yeah, I think the concept of cultural appropriation is is in is in music bad. anyway. It's dumb because I feel like uh, yeah. like I'll give an example. Miles Davis was one of the biggest cultural appropriators, if you want to call it that, right. in jazz. As a black man, he was taking all kinds of stuff from Latino music mm. and putting it into jazz. No one got outraged over that. You need cultural appropriation in, in arts, yes. I think, to get people 
interested in things they might not otherwise experience. Mm-hmm. You need it to mesh together. Otherwise, are you saying you don't want it to be a melting pot? You want everything to stay separate? That seems like segregation to me. I mean, I think uh, cor- cultural appropriation should be a thing. Like, we should all take a little something from each culture, but we also shouldn't, like, turn a blind eye from where we got it from. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's no, the only no, thing. No. I, like, that's not saying that that's what La La Land is doing whatsoever. No, no. You know. My thing with it, though, is that it fo- everyone acts like it focuses so much on jazz, even the director. Mm-hmm. And yet, to me, a lot of it seems like, yeah, maybe half of the music's jazz, and then the other half is classical. Mm. I, uh, so I thought I felt like he didn't go full in the jazz direction. But even the like, even the core of the movie, like the the concept of the jazz is just a vehicle to like it's just to get the love story, story. going. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, even even the concept of jazz doesn't play that big of a of an idea in the movie, except for being the thing that Ryan Gosling wants to do. Yeah, like if if the movie. Didn't have the musical parts. It would mm. still be a solid love story pro- about romance. a one that wants to open up a jazz club. Mm. Uh, like the, the the jazz is infused in it just because it's got musical segments in it. The stuff he does with mm. John Legend is almost more rock and roll. It's like yeah, than jazz. I yeah. uh, I think I kind of agree with what you're saying, where it's just a very focused story on two people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, especially in L.A., like stuff with her roommates, Rima Stone's roommates, they mm-hmm. could have. There could have been more diversity there because they got a little more screen time than just the extras and the background people. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely agree that the movie could have been more diverse. I'm not yeah. saying that it didn't need to, but I'm saying that you I have did. no... <laughs> okay, I'm not, say, I'm not saying that it, it, like, how do you say it? Like, I... Fuck, you threw me off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even yeah. one of the uh, the producers, one of the executive producers on the movie is John Legend, uh, the guy that plays the jazz musician yeah. in there. So, I mean, he's a black guy, so it's just like he's someone that, that had... A, that took part in the movie, acted in it, and put his money into it, watched the movie, and was like, yes, okay, I'm fine with this. Yeah. As a black man, I'm okay with this movie. Yeah. So it's like, there's nothing racist about, about no, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a, a lot of the outrage was like, a lot of the people call the movie racist because of that. But mm. I, I, I feel like there's a, there's a, there, there's a fault mm. in like analyzing movies through that scope because... Mm. Uh, and I know the phrase "everyone's a critic," mm. and like, but not everyone is a creator. But if I, if me as a creator, the story I want to tell involves two white people falling mm. in love and yeah. then realizing the relationship is not right, mm. that's the story I'm gonna tell. Mm. Like, I have stories where the main character is black and the main character is Hispanic and the mm. main character is white. But all of uh, the reason they're that ethnicity is because of a specific story purpose or because I wanted them to be. Mm. So, like, as a creator, yeah, you can criticize me for not making a movie diverse. Yeah. Uh, but also, you can fuck off and not watch the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what we say about um about um what's the guy Tarantino? It's like yeah. we can we can he can do things that we're we're not a fan of, but then you can just not watch the movie if you don't like it. Yeah, like with everything. That's kind of how I view it. Yeah, yeah. It's I I I like the movie a lot, but I did have some minor flaws. But I yeah, just thought so, it was the most fun movie I saw yeah. last year. It, it was a really good time. I, I asked earlier about how what your feeling was between um, seeing the movie in theaters and watching it at home because I've seen it. I guess three times. I know I've seen it one time. Did me and you see it together? I saw, I saw it with you. I know me and you seen it together. Yeah. I didn't know if me and you seen it together nah. too. I've seen it two or three times in movie theaters. But in the movie theaters, it's just when you're being engulfed by the screen and the color and the sounds, it's, it was probably the best movie experience that I had in 2016. Yeah. You know, the best experience seeing a movie. But watching it at home, it, it, it kind of... Also, look like it's, there's something that's not all the way there watching it at home, yeah. you know. I mean, but it's, it's still such a great movie, it was visually stunning. The production work on it was so good. But, um, like, I, I heard someone say in my com, um, like my fucking status that I posted about it, mm-hmm. saying that the choreography was cinematography. Was, oh, the choreography, the, the choreography dancing. was oh. bad. 
and that it didn't seem planned out and it was just kind of sloppy? I, uh, yeah, uh, this the thing is, like, if you're having, I would have appreciated more better dancing. No, no, no. I, <laughs> Not yeah. that it was bad dancing, you know, but. But it was okay. Like, it, it, like th- I feel like this is one of my my problems because musicals are already like a hard sell mm-hmm. for people. Like, people just don't watch musicals. And so, like, they expect, like, this big, grand Beauty and the Beast spectacle when they think of a musical. Mm. But I, I think La La Land, the choreography for La La Land was pretty decent. Like, it was great, it was it was gru- it was great enough for me to, like, I've feel the emotional, like, dance between the characters. I've seen better really choreography in, uh, in action movies. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> action no. movies are fucking great choreography. Yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. I want to watch uh, fucking that new Charlize Theron movie. Uh, Atomic Bomb? I got seen it. Yeah. I, I saw it. It was pretty good. Is it? It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, have you heard his... Uh, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. Like I watch all these director interviews. Have you heard Chazelle's explanation of the choreography? No. I kind of like it. Like it's The reason I like it is probably the reason you, you dislike the choreography. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what, what, what does he say? Uh, like he was influenced by musicals that were almost more low-key. Mm. They weren't as flashy. And there's like this uh, French film, Umbrellas of Cherbourg, if I'm mm-hmm. pronouncing it right, mm-hmm. where... Uh, they're just average people. They're not dancers. But then they'd start dancing in the middle of the street, yeah. and they're going to have some missteps, but you leave it in because there's something, uh, something more, charming more off it. the cuff about it. Mm. And uh, that's kind of why I like the, the park bench scene. That's yeah, one of my favorite nice. scenes yes. ever because there's some moments where they're not exactly in step with mm-hmm. each other, but they're very close. But it's And even Gosling singing is, in it isn't over the top. Mm. It's very, almost low-key, like yeah. not yeah. even Frank Sinatra level, just very low-key. Mm-hmm. And it's it strikes me as like if two average people just were just to start singing and dancing in a park, and I like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but then there's people who saw that same scene and they thought, man, this is sloppy. So yeah. I don't I, know. I, I mean, I think some people wanted more uh, flash and flair. There was a there was one person on Facebook. They um they said that the the movie was the equivalent to a, a mayonnaise sandwich. That was the last one too. Yeah, I didn't want to. <laughs> uh, but, like, but I love mayonnaise, so I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But like like all right, so I I, I despise mayonnaise. I think it's the worst thing ever. But but anyway, it's like for, for you, it's like you can put mayonnaise and a, a slice of a tomato on bread and eat it, and you're like, this is delicious. And yeah. for me, I'm like, this is plain. Like there's nothing happening here. This is plain as shit. And it's like for like Jasmine Bird, like her watching it from her standpoint, we're used to more flash and flair and panace and a little spicing and seasoning on it you know so when we're watching it and it's so plain and, and dry it's i would wonder if like if you're not a fan of old hollywood or just a uh, white adjacent you know mm-hmm. like how yeah. can you really get into the movie yeah I, I feel like that would be that would be the hard point of entry for mm. most people realizing that the movie is sort of an homage to the mm. to the old hollywood and then the old style of, of filmmaking which is a lot more subdued yeah than what it is now. Yeah. Like singing in the rain is kind of just scenes like that park bench scene. Where yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's not a huge spectacle and it's just two people dancing, having a small intimate moment. Those are, I'm not a huge musical guy, but I, yeah. I did like singing in the rain. And that it's was really one good. Biggest, it's one of the biggest influences on the, the like, movie. Like put, put, put 20 people in a room that are all your age and put mm-hmm. singing in the rain on and then ask how many people liked it. Maybe two people will raise their hand. You know, but yeah. it's a very, very good movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but I, I think that there's also, like, a problem with the, sensi- the sensibilities of people that are watching movies mm-hmm. right now. Because let's look at, uh, at action scenes. Action scenes and, and dance scenes. The reason they're in a movie is to present some sort of emotional accuracy to the viewer. Mm-hmm. To give the viewer a, a sense of, like, the emotion these two characters are going through. Yeah. Especially if it's two characters like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone in La La Land. 
uh, when that happens, there's an emotional thing that you're trying to communicate to the audience. And, and, and the dance choreography has to deliver that scene. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like in La La Land, the park bench did absolutely just that. It delivered to me that these guys were having a flirtatious relationship Definitely. that they feel like they shouldn't have. So they're, they're a little bit nervous about it. They're a little mm -hmm. bit sloppy about the way they're going about it. Yeah. So I feel like the, the dancing in, in, in the park bench in La La Land, to reference that, did just that. It, did it, did. It, to, it, it was effective at what I wanted to do. Oh, yeah. The same way that any like an action scene in a good Jackie Chan movie would be effective at telling us the emotional journey of that movie. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that while people want Flash, Mm -hmm. And people want pizzazz and people want a big spectacle for every dancing. They're misusing or mm -hmm. misinterpreting the fact that these dancings don't exist for, the, for your entertainment. They exist mm -hmm. to communicate information to you. Mm -hmm. and communicate so, a specific tone. Yes. Thing. Right. Yeah. So like their tone, like mm -hmm. the dancing's tone, the dancing's like, like heavily, if it's heavily choreographed or lightly choreographed, it's gonna all of those away. things. Yeah, yeah. There are choices that mm -hmm. the director makes to get you to relate to these people. So yeah. by choosing, I think, to make the, the choreography not that exactly planned out or that extremely well executed mm -hmm. in some scenes, well, making it like in the beginning, that was extremely well choreographed. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, like, if you have an extremely good choreograph in a movie and a sort of a sloppy one in the same movie, mm. it's a choice at that point, and yeah. they're communicating different things. Like, the, the beginning of the movie was telling you, hey, this is going to be a fun, good time, mm. and it tells you what the movie's about, because the, the opening song is all about uh, people that moved from elsewhere to go to L.A. to follow their dream, another day and sun. That's what that movie's about, uh, that in, like, opening sequence is about. And then you have another park, park bench sequence that's just, it's an intimate sloppy more kind of a setting that's mm. my favorite thing in the whole movie that s moment when they're uh, their feet move in unison together mm -hmm. when they're sitting on the bench like it makes me just fucking smile every time yeah but then that's poor perfect uh timing they're in sync yeah. but then there's a moment when they're like a little out of step but I, I don't know to me that's somehow charming in like the same way like if you hear like an elliot smith album where you'd hear like his fingers buzz on the fretboard of the guitar mm. right you could easily take that out or reshoot it but the fact that you they leave that it. misstep of Emma Stone's end. If you can even call it a misstep, I feel like they exaggerate a little about the mm -hmm. sloppiness. But it, yeah, it's not going to look as good as like Beauty and the Beast choreography. Mm. Right. But it's the same charm as like in an indie album where you leave in that slight flaw if you want to call it that because yeah. it has some charm. I felt like that. But then there's other people they just want nonstop huge spectacle mm -hmm. every scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so like that. That's it. Really, it comes to me with me having a problem with the movie culture watching. Mm. of today really it, it, it's what it is like I, I i feel like people just don't they don't want to look at the like below the surface level of what yeah. the scene is telling them i mean you can, i don't know if we can ask the general public to do that either though yeah. that's like with the, the logan thing it's like i don't think the general public is that intelligent when it comes to watching a movie i just don't i mean yeah no i i i i want to disagree with you on an optimistic level i, I think enough disagree were with intelligent though just because when i saw it like eight fucking times like yeah. a weirdo in theaters and <laughs> i'm telling you by the eighth time there was more people in theaters it was like they mm. were showing up for like repeat visits people knew a lot of the words and so i felt like it's a very specific fan base it's mm -hmm. going for mm -hmm. but the people that liked it Loved did it. they did get that tone yeah. and they got what they were going for in the yeah. choreography yeah my my mainly my biggest problem was just that uh, i think chazelle is out of touch with the lower class and he he could have uh like if I, it's pretentious to say if I directed that, but yeah. if I directed it, a lot of it would have been the same, mm. but there would have been more emphasis on like the, the, strug the struggle yeah. and visually the settings they lived in would have been more drab. 
Um, but I know he wanted like everything, everything like bright and colorful. Yeah. Yeah. But I would have like had it more drab looking to start with, and then it gets more colorful as mm. the movie goes on. Um, I don't the, know. the the uh, the the part that the, the, the my favorite part of this whole movie was uh, when they're dancing in air, when they float into the air yeah. and start dancing, just because it's just so whimsical. Yeah. It's like at that point, it was just like I don't care that they're like as a black man, I don't relate to these characters at all or their. Um, this relationship at all, or any of their circumstances whatsoever, either. <laughs> you know, wait, but, just, but what I, what I am, what I can get out of this is like I really enjoy this music. I'm really enjoying being blasted in the face by these colors, you know, over and over again, and and the the dancing and everything. It was just, it was very whimsical. It was very childlike. And how was the yeah. classical music? I felt like yeah. the best mu- musical moments. I, I liked uh, Emma's audition scene song. Yes. That was cool. But other than that, the best musical moments I felt like were actually more classical. Classical. Yeah. Even like the big thing where like she first sees Gosling. Well, not the first time she sees him, but she first sees him playing music. Yeah. That's fucking classical that he's playing on the piano. And it's amazing and that's really him doing it, but it's not jazz. Mm -mm. And I felt like, uh, I feel like a lot of the stigma around the film would have not been as strong if they didn't use the word jazz. Yeah, not as much because a lot of it's more poppy. Yep. A lot of it's classical. That yeah. when they sit down at the piano together and sing together, that's mm-hmm. just pop. Yeah, and uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I like those elements of the movie, but it wasn't as it wasn't as jazz, jazz as they yeah. wanted it to be. Yeah, the movie's not as jazz centric as people yeah. would have you think. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that just because. Yeah, so, I mean uh, the 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 music worked for me, and uh, like it, it blended the music and film. Great. Like music and movie blended together like oh, really yeah. well. Like the transitions from Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling walking on the street to that park bench scene, I think, mm-hmm. were like the transitions from them to singing are just like beautiful moments. It, oh, yeah. it happens really seamlessly, and uh, I don't think there's a disconnect between soundtrack and great soundtrack and film. When they're in the space together, that scene in the planetarium mm-hmm. that reminded me of. Shit, my mind's going blank. But it's the Disney movie. It's the animated one. Fantasia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. music and then just the vibe of that. There's something animated about it, even though it's... And the like, colors, too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like those moments. Yeah. And the final editing sequence blew my mind. And oh, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it had kind of a surreal Disney vibe about that, too. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but that's my that's my thing about this. I think La La Land, what also La La, what what it does really well is like giving you the emotional accuracy mm. of a scene instead of giving you what's literally happening on a scene. Mm. A lot of it is filtered to the perception of like Seb and Mia, mm. and you just get what they're feeling. The planetarium scene. Uh, it's all in their heads. Yeah, yeah, it's all in their heads because that's the way that they're feeling over the fucking moon. Yep. Uh, so like I I enjoyed that aspect of the movie as well. Like some of the choices were not realistic at mm. all. But they served an emotional purpose. It's oh, like yeah. reading the, the things they carried by Tim O'Brien. He's lying to you the oh, entire no, what, time. Whoa, 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 what, what? It's like reading the things they carried by Tim O'Brien. What, what is that? It's a war book by, uh, by an author named Tim O'Brien. It's my favorite book of all time. And the reason why, it's a war book. And he, at the beginning, he says, half of these stories didn't happen. But what matters is the emotion behind them. Hmm. So like he lies to you in the book and tells you things that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But... He does that because they tell you how he felt when the things that actually happened happened. That's interesting. Yeah. That's like uh, Hunter S. Thompson's attitude towards writing is that it may not always be factually accurate, but it's emotionally Emotionally accurate. accurate, Right. And I think emotionally accurate in a thing like a movie and a thing like a book Mm. matters so much more more than representing reality. Mm. I think because a movie is, depends on the movie you're going for, obviously. Yeah. But a movie is is, is is to initiate an emotional connection, Mm. right? So it's okay. If your percep- the perception of your main character gets a little surreal, mm. 
because it's portraying that specific emotion that much easier. Yeah. When it's done right, it's fantastic. That was one of my favorite aspects of La La Land. And that was a lot of what I felt like the music scenes were. Uh, like when, when Sebastian starts playing the piano for the first time in the club, when Mia meet, like, meets him for the first time when he's yeah. playing, uh, everything goes black and you see a huge spotlight on Sebastian. Yeah. Yeah. That's not happening. Definitely That's just not. he feels like that when he he's like. on the sun. He's on the... Like he's in his zone, mm. and then the same thing gets repeated as a motif that happens at the end of the addition scene. Yeah, everything goes black. There's Zoom two in. lights on Emma Stone's face, mm-hmm. and so like those little things like that really highlight the emotion behind those scenes. Mm. This is where Sebastian feels comfortable, and this is where he's the best at playing it, and this is what Mia is best at doing in this particular this, moment. And this is what Damien Chazelle feels comfortable, and this is what he is best at doing, and. And like I said, there's one line in there. It was like, um, this this is very nostalgic. And he's like, that's the point. It's like, do you think people are going to like it? Like, fuck them. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah. and it's true. It's like, this is very. <laughs> that's my favorite line. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it is true. This is very nostalgic. This is very old Hollywood. You know, but it's like, like I said, there there could have been a, a an attempt to be a bit more progressive. But. I don't think progressive is the right word. Let's look up the, the words. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying that your definition of progressive is wrong. All right. I'm just saying that I don't think that should be the word that should be used there. Like he told the story um, he wanted to tell. It was about yeah. two people. I, uh, I think because jazz is rooted in minorities, that's why people mm-hmm. focus on it could have been more progressive. No, I feel no. like if, if they just said he's doing rock music, I don't think we'd be even having this conversation. No. No, I yeah. know what the definition uh, uh, I don't I, think you do. I know what you mean by progressive. I'm just <laughs> a, saying a person that advocating or implementing social reform or new liberal ideas. No, I'm not arguing your definition of the word progressive in that <laughs> sentence. That's, that is the definition. No, listen. <laughs> I'm not saying that you've used progressive wrong. Yes. I'm saying that I don't think that's the word that fits with the argument that people are making about this movie. No, I'm not people. I'm just saying me that yeah. I, I would have wanted it to be a lot more progressive and and new and liberal ideas. Like you, you have the opportunity to do it, but like you said, this is Damien Chazelle's wheelhouse. Well, the thing is, when I hear... This is what he understands, so this is what he's going to do. Yeah, when I hear I wanted this movie to be more progressive... I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off, I know. When I hear I want to make this movie more... I I wish this movie was more progressive, uh, I just keep hearing I wanted this movie to be more diverse. That's what I keep hearing. When I, when I can't I talk if I'm going to be cut off. So No, I mean, <laughs> I cut you off there because I wanted to finish that thought. Go ahead and say your thing. I'm good. Say your thing. Say your thing. Say it. <laughs> God damn it. I just wanted to cut you off because I had that thought in my head and I was going to lose it. All right. Say it. <laughs> Carry what on. were you going to say? I don't know anymore. This is what Damage Yourself uh, mm. is comfortable with and feels in his wheelhouse, and that's what he's going to do. That was the last thing you said. Hmm. You have anything, Devin? Uh, <laughs> maybe, I don't, maybe you meant like you just wanted newer ideas in the movie. Yeah. Is that what? Okay. Maybe that. All right. I think, this is awkward now. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. That's the, that's, yeah. I'll say this. That's the interesting thing about this movie. It does encourage, for better or worse, convers- probably yeah. for better, conversations yes. like this. When honestly, to me, it's just like a fun movie, but it's interesting that it does conjure up these conversations. Yeah, it's like it was, it was a very fun, fun movie, and I can't take anything away from that. I'm just like you had an opportunity to be more than fun, you yeah. know. And it like, could have had a deeper meaning. It could have, but it's like what's, it, like you don't have to like Mickey. Mickey Mouse doesn't have to be more than Mickey Mouse. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just Mickey Mouse. La La Land doesn't have to be more than La La Land. I'm just saying that I you had a very had a, big opportunity to do something more. I do feel like it had a deep meaning. It just wasn't. Uh, I guess it wasn't progressive. It's just an it's not like a new idea they're kicking around. It's the mm. deeper meaning of the film, if you want to call it deep, was just simply go after your dreams. Yeah. I felt like that was enough, but I also felt like that was enough because I felt like there's other films, if I want to go deeper than that. Like, Moonlight was deeper than that. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why I liked last year so much. I felt like last year was a year when I had my cake and was able to eat it too because I felt like here's the really anxiety-driven, tense film with social consciousness to it, Moonlight. And then here's the film that's like, if I just want to feel fucking good, then I watch that. I yes. felt like I got both. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. You felt like he could have had both in one. Yeah, and but he doesn't have to do that. It's like sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like this is you don't have to have everything into one movie. I mean, I feel as it is, this movie is like a nine out of ten for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I'm like, but the the one thing that was missing was you know, just you, an extra layer. Just an extra layer or two for me. I feel like Chazelle's just not that guy. He's just not yeah. the guy that's I don't think so either. No, no. I and feel I like maybe yeah. a different director with those same actors would have been that guy. Yeah. But he's just, he's, uh, in interviews, he's like one track mind, very narrow focus. He just mainly seems to, he's driven by like music yeah. and, and just being entertaining. I don't think he has that social consciousness element to him, so I don't think he's the director yeah. to look yeah. to for that. Yeah, and I think that's fine. It's a good, like, great popcorn movie. I think. It, yeah, and it yeah. would have been like an offensive movie if someone's trying to do something outside of themselves, and you can tell when someone is not being genuine to themselves. It feels mm -hmm. like a very genuine movie, and it's directly in his wheelhouse of what he knows. You know, so it's like even though I'm asking for more, if you're not capable of that, then don't do that. For, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? For me, I, the bigger issue is. Whiplash. I don't know if y'all want to just go. With uh, that could have. I thought that uh, if, like, say you wanted to talk about progressiveness or diversity, I felt like that film was the one that missed the mark even more so. I agree. I agree uh, with that statement. Just because uh. it's to like, I, I like La La Land more, so I'm biased. Mm -hmm. I like that film more, and it also feels like it's catering to me. It's got two of my favorite leads in it. Yeah. But Whiplash, while a more intense film, probably better, like intensity wise. Mm -hmm. It's like, at least Chazelle was like more aware, like, oh, we need people of different color, at least in the background. In La La Land this time, yeah, because they weren't in, the, in Whiplash. Yeah, at least in the background, or have a supporting role like John Legend. And yes. he was he, like, he wrote some of the music, so he gave free reign musically yeah. to a man of color, whereas in Whiplash, you're having a hard time even finding extras yeah. of color yeah. Yeah. in a place where they're playing jazz. Yeah. So that was more... And then they, they had nothing to say... On a deep level, I felt like about uh, abuse, like yeah. mental abuse yeah. between this teacher, and it almost seemed supportive of that by the yeah. end. So. I mean, it's like 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 a like a director like um, like Edgar Wright. Like mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to. I, I don't think he would be doing a lot of uh, social commentary, you know. But a lot of his movies do they take place in England? Uh, yeah, Wright, all of them are American. Uh, no, no, no. A lot of them take place in England. The Cornetto yeah. trilogy is all in England. Oh, England, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like when I'm when I'm watching those movies and I don't see a lot of faces of color. But I'm there's not, also a lot of black people in England. Are there? That's a shitload of black people. In, I, don't, I mean, in I don't. I don't. I'm geographically fucked. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no. Like there, there is a very large black people. Oh, well, he's, he's in, fucking in, up in England. He's yeah. fucking up because like when I'm everything that I've watched from Edgar Wright, I don't see any kind of diversity in the casting. The first movie that I've seen with it was uh, Baby Driver. Yeah. Like, not, despite the fact that Jamie Foxx is in it, I'm just saying um, there were other side characters like the guy that's inside that the truck. That was also in America. That was also in Atlanta. America. It was in Atlanta, yeah. yeah. But that's why I was like, I, I was giving him a pass because I'm like, you came to, a, to Atlanta, so you have to have diversity. You have to have black, white, Asian, everything. Yeah. But in Europe, I was like, well, maybe they just don't have that much diversity. But you're like, no, they do. No, and he's just I, fucking I, up. <laughs> at least in, like, like, in a place where I'm assuming where Edgar Wright would work most of the time, yeah. something heavy like London and like the heart of England, yeah. places like that, there is a large black population in, in those places. They're not represented in his movies, uh, unfortunately. They're not. And But uh, here's, like, going back to, like, La La Land, and the reason why I keep hearing just, like, the reason why I'm against the diversity argument mm. 
uh, for La La Land specifically. Like, I agree in Whiplash, their diversity is a huge problem. Mm. I agree. that. But in La La Land, it's, I don't feel like it is. Mm. In Whiplash, it was the same reason I had with, like, Woody Allen's Irrational Man. I like that film, too. Yeah, I like, too. I like all these films. They just... They're flawed, some of them. Yeah, yeah. And but every a, movie has a flaw. An irrational, an irrational man, Joaquin Phoenix is teaching all these students about some philosophy bullshit, but there's not a single person of color. Not one. In the whole classroom. No. Right. We're at a very liberal university. Not a single person of color. Whiplash is very similar, but about jazz, where you know you're going to see some at least Latino or black people. Yeah. A few of them, none really, that I can remember. Yeah. Which yeah. kind of says enough. Um, but yeah, sorry. I no, 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 you're fine. I just have I just have a huge problem when 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 something like that ends up like dominating the conversation about a movie in mm-hmm. terms of like instead of it like online. I hear a lot about I hear I I, I read a lot of reviews and I, re, I read a lot of opinions mm-hmm. and it bothers me when that conversation takes place over the conversation of what the movie is saying emotionally. Because mm-hmm. you feel like it discredits the movie. Yeah, yeah, it, disc- it discredits mm-hmm. the movie, discredits the director, but it's not actually saying anything about the movie or mm-hmm. the quality of the product itself. Mm-hmm. Which is like, so yeah, La La, La Land could have used probably some more screen time diversity, mm-hmm. but did that ruin the story? Did that make the story any weaker? For me, did I that do anything else? I don't know if it made the story weaker, but I believe it could have brought in um, more eyes if it was a bit more diverse. I mean, yeah, it could I mean, If you had another speaking role for a woman of color, you know, or a man of color, you know, in the movie, then I think that the crowd wouldn't have been, every time, that the three times that I've seen La La Land, I don't think 10% of the population were people of color. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I just, I just don't think it's got any, any relevance to the quality of the movie. And I think, which is what the conversation mm. is, uh, is usually uh, online when, when these movies, like shit like this happens in movies. Mm. Uh, they take that as a, as a conversation for the quality of the movie. It's not. Oh, no. Huh. It's a conversation about the social climate surrounding yes. a movie. Yes. And that's entirely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but La La Land as a movie... Apart from like all the diversity issues that it, that it apparently has, according mm-hmm. to Tumblr, a lot of the time, uh, it's it's a it's a really well produced movie with yep. gorgeous cinematography, like beautifully like tonally correct mm-hmm. uh, choreography, uh, soundtracks that made me cry at like at the fucking end. Like mm-hmm. I cried at the addition scene, and then I cried again at the ending of the, the movie. The editing sequence is great. That's yeah, like yes, it is. Oh yeah. Sequence. For me, the, I felt like there could have been several versions of this movie. And like I'm a big enough nerd where I looked up uh, early drafts of the script, mm-hmm. and there were several versions. And it's for me the part I connect with emotionally is just Emma Stone's character because yeah. I've had those experiences as a performer. I relate, le- even though I think Gosling's the man, I relate yeah. less to his side of the story. And I felt like that was probably the side of the story where they could have got in more people, uh, different sets of eyes. Uh, yeah. You know, like Chris is saying, but. For me, just emotionally, it all hinges on Emma's side. I feel like, uh, just I don't know, maybe that's just me, but just there's I felt like there could have been a version of this that wasn't even a musical, too, because there's like almost 30 minutes where they stop it stops being a musical, they have the dinner scene argument, Mm. and uh, that was pretty intense. And there were versions of early scripts where there's less emphasis on the musical part, like that big dancing in the street opening number wasn't in an early version of the script. Mm -hmm. The uh, and there was less emphasis, even less emphasis on jazz and more on Emma's character. Mm-hmm. And it went back and forth. And they, I don't um, know. I feel like it could have gone a number of different ways. Uh, I feel like he chose, I guess, the old Hollywood route. That's yeah. More so. Definitely so. Yeah. Which, which, I was, which I was fine with. Yeah. It was a good yeah. movie. It was one of the best movies of 2016. 
Yeah, no, that definitely was. Uh, I think for me, it was the best movie of 2016. Or the movie that I had the best time watching in 2016. Okay. <laughs> I, I liked it the most. To me, it was the most enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, I think... Uh, I don't know. I never say the best because it's just an opinion. Yeah. yeah. But to, it was the one I rewatched the most. Uh, Moonlight stuck with me a shitload. But it almost felt like I needed a, a breath. Like yeah. an anxiety attack was ending after that movie mm. was over. <laughs> Which... Is great. That's a sign that they did something very notable. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was that, and did I come unplugged? Yeah, the headphones things. Oh, shit. That's fine. Okay. Am I back? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what my point was. There's like a, some films I forgot last year. Um, Jackie was a film. Uh, the nice, the was, nice Guys came out. Nice Doctors, Guys was Doctor no, no, Strange. Was 2015. Was it? Yeah, December 2015. Oh, December. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jackie came out, La La Land, Moonlight, Hell or High Water, Arrival, Manchester by the Sea, Zootopia, Rogue One, Deadpool. Manchester was really great. Yeah, yeah, it was. Hell yeah, it was. Uh, what y'all think of the ending of La La Land? Uh, Do you think I, it could have went a different way? I love the ending. I think I I'm loved, glad that it went that way. It, it could have gone 30 different ways. Yeah. But yeah. I like the fact that they kept it. Like the, and the reason why I like the fact that it's not a happy ending, people mm -hmm. criticize the fact that, it, oh, it's not happy. It's so, like, no, you yeah. idiot. It's the happiest <laughs> ending they could have gotten. Mm -hmm. They got their dreams. They've acknowledged that they grew as humans, mm -hmm. and they said, "You're happy. Yeah. I'm happy." It's a fucking I, happy ending. I like the ending because it doesn't give the audience exactly what they want. Yeah. But I think they could have had it all those two characters. They realistically all like to me, it's kind of funny that it's like a live or die situation where yeah. it's like you go after your dreams or you have romance. There's no mm -hmm. in between. <laughs> really, he could have just like went with her to Paris. It was only going to be like a few months, yeah. mm -hmm. and then. Focused on opening his club yeah, after no. she was done making that film in Paris. Shooting a film does not last forever. No. It was like a few months. They acted like, you're going to be away for a few months. This will never work. This will never. <laughs> to me, that part's kind of melodramatic, and it's, it's goofy to me because yeah. no. the director made it such emphasis on it like it's a live, live, or die. live or die situation. And it's just, in real life, it's like, no, nah, if you really like that person that much, you could... You can make that work. You could go for work. your dreams and still be with yeah. that person. So yeah. it, to me, that almost says something more about Damien Chazelle, where it's like you get in his psyche a little, where it's like, whoa, this guy kind of thinks it's all or nothing. Yeah. There's no middle ground with yeah. him. And and I don't know. I don't know the guy. But it just that's kind of how he viewed that's kind of what that's kind of, that's kind of what the 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 pretense and and whiplash was too. It's like go all out or mm. do nothing. Yeah. So like, I guess that makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. I don't think it's accurate at all to real life. Like, and I'm biased. Like, if I met a chick as cool as like Emma Stone, I'd be mm. like, yeah, I'll open my jazz club like a few months later down the road. <laughs> like they act like that's the most insane notion ever. Like they yeah. don't even think of it. Like I have to do this now, and it's just like no, life doesn't work. work like that. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> Um, but like that, the editing of this movie was, was, I think, brilliant in, in a way. Like I, I, I didn't feel, I think my favorite cut of the movie is like after Goslin ends up playing the, the concert for the first time with John Legend. Yeah. And then he's just like looking out of breath at like Emma Stone in the audience. And then it cuts to fall, just a complete harsh cut to the, to like loud music and loud clapping to like fall black screen, white text. It's my favorite cut in the movie. And then the ending sequence, of course, just like absolutely. And Brilliant compositing and editing. I yeah. like their silhouettes in the ending sequence. Their mm -hmm. silhouettes watching a projection of what could have yeah. been, mm -hmm. where, they, where she has the child, and 
just their silhouette. It almost reminded me of like Mystery Science Theater. It's a weird comparison, <laughs> but just right. their silhouettes watching a screen. Yeah. That's the first yeah. thing that popped in my head. It's like, this is if Mystery Science Theater was very sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Uh, anything else you have, want to say? Uh, I'll see a few quotes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see one from Mia. Uh, maybe I'm not good enough. Sebastian's like, yes, you are. I mean, it's like, maybe I'm not. It's like a pipe dream. And Sebastian says, this is the dream. It's conflict and compromise, and it's very, very exciting. Yeah. You know, that was one of the lines that I really liked. And another one from uh, J.K. Simmons. He's like, um, you're fired. And Sebastian's <laughs> like, it's Christmas. Like, yeah, I know. I see the decorations. Good luck in the new year. <laughs> <laughs> Love J.K. Simmons. I have two really, like, standout quotes from me in this movie. The mm-hmm. first one is, like, the, when the scissors are displaced, and it's just like, uh, why do you say romantic like it's a dirty word? Mm-hmm. That just stuck with me. And then when he's walking with Emma Stone, and he's just like, uh, they val- they worship everything but know the value of nothing. Mm. Uh, that sounds like Hunter S. Thompson in the, the Rum Diaries the entire time. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, and then another moment, it's just like, when the sister asks, you, li- you, li- you sound like a creepy ex-boyfriend like stalking a girlfriend every time that club. Yeah. It's like, you believe that they fucking turn into a samba tapas place? It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think at the end of it all, I think I think the movie is a fantastic love letter to old Hollywood, mm-hmm. to the old sentiments of like cinema, and to mm-hmm. the people that want to follow a dream as big as anyone, uh, as big as they want to. You know? I'll mm-hmm. say this, uh, mm-hmm. and I think Chris will agree with me. And I, I, uh, I like the old Hollywood visuals but, of it, yeah. but I think this will be one of the last films that's like a big mm. signal to old Hollywood or a big ode yeah. to old Hollywood because of, it's kind of a niche, is it niche or it's niche? A niche, niche, niche yeah. audience. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, and in another 10 years, how many nerds like me are going to get the singing in the rain references? Yeah. Right. And it's just, I don't know. I think it will, if they keep going with musicals, and they're they going to have to evolve. They will, but yes. they're, yeah, they're going to evolve more. Yeah, and evolve. I think it was the last big ode to old Hollywood. Yeah. Honestly, what I just, like I said, what connected with me most about the movie was just the editing style and then Emma Stone's character because I had experiences similar to that. Um, I didn't. Co- I like the visuals of old Hollywood, but I didn't connect with those elements emotionally. Mm. Right. It was more I connect to this specific character. Yeah. So I think uh, there's a lot of people that felt like that, where they connected with the characters, but maybe not the old Hollywood mm. notions. Right. I'd like to see a version of that where it's more emphasis, I guess, just on, on the, characters. the lower class and like more of a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. I mm. love, I love feeling nostalgic about shit. So maybe that's why this movie seems so goddamn amazing to me, just because mm. it really resonated to that feeling of nostalgia mm. and sort of wanting something so badly that you're willing to like do things that other people wouldn't do. Mm. I related a lot with Sebastian's character in this movie because of that. Like just the, the feeling of like, well, if it's nostalgic, well, what if they don't like it? Ah, fuck him. Mm. Like, like that really resonates with like the things that I really enjoy. And I think that's why I love this movie. So I like much. that phrase even outside of nostalgia. Like I've yeah. said that to Camille about the documentary we're doing mm. where it's like, well, I, I used to have so much anxiety when I test screen brief little mm-hmm. segments. And then early on when we thought it was just going to be a short film and then uh, that quote, like, well, if people don't like it, fuck them. Because yeah. you can't please everybody. You could try, but at the end of the day, there's you're just not going to be able to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even outside of that film, I think that's an attitude you have to have to a certain extent, or yeah. otherwise you won't create anything. Yeah. You'll just get bogged down by yourself. I agree. Yeah. Is that it? Are we good? Yeah. All right. So that was La La Land. We're going to cut back to television and movie premieres. Yeah. Hey, hey.
All right, welcome back. Hey, uh, hey. Television and uh, movie premieres. We've got like the shortest weekend television uh, we premieres in the history of life. Uh, the first uh, television and movie premieres for the week of Tuesday, August the 8th through Monday, August the 14th. Uh, the first show is going to be on Wednesday, August the 9th is The Story of Diana. It's a documentary on ABC at 9 p.m. Uh, the two part uh, Diana, uh, Princess Diana. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird because, like, it's 2017. She died in, like, 1997 or so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, just let her die now. Just let her be dead. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Because <laughs> like, like, like how cold it was. Just let her be dead. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Devin, you had to be in, like, what, the second or third grade when Princess Diana died? Do you yeah. remember when it happened? I remember when it happened. I mean, I'm going to masturbate to this movie. I mean, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to say that <laughs> yeah. more than once in the podcast. Yeah. But I, it, I'm not going to watch it. I no, just, I'm not either. I'm, well, I might. What I might. year was what year did Diana die? Uh, like 97 or 98. Nice. Oh, I was like two. I yeah. don't get people's fascination with her. Uh, this is going to sound cold, but to me, she's... Like, it sucks she's dead. First, I'll prep. Oh, anytime right. I say something Let's horrible... Let's preface this. <laughs> anytime I'm about to say something horrible, I got to like... Make some excuses first. Or <laughs> like, yeah. Disclaimer. It yeah. sucks she's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shouldn't even have to say that. It's obvious. It's mm-hmm. a tragedy. Yes. Yeah. But why did she mean so much to people? Because she's like she was a, beautiful. She's a very beautiful, rich woman. Yeah. But what emotional connection do they have to her? She's not mm-hmm. making art you can connect to. She's no. just a rich chick. That's Wasn't it. she involved in like some government conspiracy, which is why people think that she was killed? Uh because yeah. I don't want to touch conspiracy. So, but maybe. Yeah. I, I think that I Probably. think that's like there's a huge conspiracy theory about like who killed Diane. That's yeah. why people are. It's like it's like England's individual personal like terrorist attack. I feel like yeah. you're gonna get comments on me being sexist. Like he yelled, "She's just a rich chick." Oh no, we've said some <laughs> shit on here. What nigger we cunt? Um, we said nigger cunt a couple times. I mean, it's like, we, two more times now. We've gone all the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, talked about how women have tiny brains. I think when Lauren was here, can't drive. No, okay, they can't drive. He said either. that they can't drive. Yeah, yeah, they can't drive. I mean, I'm not saying they can't drive. They just can't drive. I mean, it's just a statement of fact. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, the story of Diana is a documentary on ABC at 9 p.m. Uh, two-part, four-hour look at the life of the late Princess Diana concludes Thursday, August the 10th at 9 p.m. Uh, and the next thing is going to be Wahlburgers. <laughs> That's a weird transition. Very sad death. Wahlburgers. <laughs> Wahlburgers. Motherfucking Wahlburgers. If, if he doesn't have a burger in that restaurant called Good Vibrations, I'm never going back there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Isn't one opening in Charlotte? Charlotte? Yeah, it should um, have. You like bet, by now. You bet your sweet ass I'm going to find out if it is and I'm going to go there. It's a reality show on A&E at 9 p.m. <laughs> nice. And that is like totally it for television. Are you going to hang out it? there all the time hoping Mark stops by at some point? He won't. No, he won't. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. <laughs> I mean, if I could hang out with any of them, like I would be cool with that. Any of the Wahlburgers I'm cool with. There's yeah. a Donnie Wahlberg, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he was in the New Kids on the Block. Okay. That's the only other Wahlberg I can name. I'm He's only one that matters. Wasn't there like, him. yeah, like one of his brothers is like a lawyer or some shit? Uh, one of them is a cook, and one of them's Donnie, one of them's Mark. They might be a lawyer. One of might, them. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of them. What do you want, legal advice from a Wahlberg? <laughs> 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 Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, um, That's where when we get all those like, like fucking suing, friend, like we get sued from all the sexist shit Chris has been saying. Like, yeah. <laughs> Come and get me, bitch. <laughs> uh, the first uh, movie is uh, the only with well, the only living boy in New York is the name of it. It's uh, a rated R, eighty-eight minute runtime. Rundown is adrift in New York City. A recent college graduate's life is upended by his father's mistress. Huh. Uh, starring Kate Beckinsale and Pierce Brosnan and Cynthia Nixon. Nice. Yeah. I, I really like Kate Beckinsale. Oh uh, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Cynthia Nixon. She's she was uh, Underworld, right? Yes. Nice. And uh, Pierce Brosnan, Cynthia Nixon. 
Uh, the next thing is Ingrid Goes West. It's a rated R, 97-minute runtime, listed as a comedy drama, 65 meta score. Rundown is an unhinged social media stalker moves to L.A. and insinuates her life into the life of an Instagram star? Yeah. Wow. That, that's right. actually going to be a really fun... It's Ari Plaza, uh, plays a stalker. Oh, did, did my mic stand get fucked? Okay, uh, my, uh, it's Ari Plaza. She's like follows some rich white Instagram model and wants to take over her life and like nice. what, steal her husband. When and I heard whatever. the description, I immediately was like pass. But then when you said Aubrey Plaza, I was like, oh yeah, I'll yes, watch that. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually like I, the trailer is like conceptually terrifying. Like mm. I don't want some crazy girl in my life yeah. trying to kill me and be my wife. I yeah. guess. I star as uh, see Aubrey Plaza, Elizabeth Olsen, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Pretty good guess. Have yeah. y'all seen the film she's in now? It's at Park Terrace where she. Mm-mm. She plays a nun. No. Oh, Brian was telling me about it, but no, I haven't seen it. I, I just saw the promo where she smoked weed with a bunch of nuns. Yeah. Just yeah. seems sexy to me. The <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> yeah, because it's like kind of forbidden. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, in, I'm into it. That sounds good. Um, the next thing is The Nut Job 2. You know huh. what? Uh, you, you want some I'm, of this? You want some I'm of this? Curious. All right. I'm <laughs> the Nut Job 2. Nutty by Nature. It's a PG. A <laughs> 90. <laughs> Subheading, <laughs> nutty by nature. Yeah. Uh, Ma- matter of fact, matter of fact, one hundred black points. If you can tell me where nutty by nature, nutty by nature, what is that a play on? Naughty by nature. Oh, Devin. <laughs> there it goes. See, the first, this is how much of an idiot I am. Mm-hmm. The first thought in my head was like, Naughty Professor? It's <laughs> oh, yeah. like, I guess that was black. <laughs> so. oh, hold on, hold on. Listen, can I add an extra 50 bonus points if you can name one Naughty by Nature song? I can't. I can't God go damn it. Far. You almost added. Hip, hip, we're looking for Hip Hop Hooray. Oh, Hip Hop Hooray. <laughs> oh, hey. I've heard that. Hip Hop Hooray. Yeah. That's them. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a rated PG, 91 minute runtime, animation, adventure, comedy. So this is about movie. a bunch of squirrels that, that do a hip hop routine? I has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> Are squirrels involved at all? Yeah, I think they just used a nutty by nature for the play on words and their alliteration. Kids um, aren't going to get that. They're not not at all. Get, it's a lost reference on kids. Yeah, like nutty by nature has been gone since like 99. I, I saw hope. the parents don't hate themselves when they go take the kids. I hope so. the soundtrack's mostly hip hop. I hope it is too. <laughs> do you remember the song? You down with OPP? Yeah, yeah. you don't know me. That's them too. Okay, shit. <laughs> but uh, the rundown is following the events of the first film, Surly and his friends must stop Oakton City's mayor from destroying their home to make a way for a dysfunctional amusement park. Uh, stars Will Arnett, Catherine Heigl, Maya Rudolph, and Jackie Chan. Maya Rudolph, Jackie Chan, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. All right. That's the cast. Not going to see it. Yeah, no, I won't. Sorry, Jackie. Uh, <laughs> Maya Rudolph made me think of a, I was trying to amuse myself at work, and I was coming up with like a dumb rap song that was like holiday themed. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I have these, I don't wear underpants. I don't know how much I want to know about that, but I don't Oh, no, no, I need, I need more information. <laughs> <laughs> but I only wear boxers. Yeah. yeah. If the Grinch is on them, they're right. the only boxers I have. I have these Grinch boxers. Right. It's like a gag gift I was given for Christmas. Yeah, multiple <laughs> pairs of Grinch boxers or one pair of Just Grinch. one, All and right. I wash them a lot and wear yes. them. Sometimes. sometimes. Usually I'm wearing, like right now I'm wearing nothing. One anyway, right. but I was trying to make like a stupid, like jokingly mumble rap type thing, but it was about Christmas. Yeah. And it was like, only wear boxers with the Grinch on them. Because every time I take my pants off, it ruins Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it ruins Christmas. The only Rudolph I fuck with, her name is Maya. And then I, I, oh, and I kept going. And it, <laughs> <laughs> That's what Maya Rudolph, maybe. 
Think of... <laughs> Hells yeah. The only Rudolph I fuck with, her name is Maya. And then uh, I tried, I'm trying to remember the next verse. It was something around Maya with desire. Uh, like... I thought you were going to go with papaya. No. <laughs> that's a good one. That is a good, that is a good way to rhyme Maya. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the last movie is uh, The Glass Castle. It's rated PG-13, 127-minute runtime, a biography drama. Rundown is a young girl comes of age in a dysfunctional family of nonconformist nomads with a mother who's an ex- eccentric artist with an alcoholic father who would stir the children's imagination with hope as a distraction to their poverty. Wow. Huh. That sounds sad. Uh, Brie Larson, Woody Harrelson, Naomi Watts are in it. Woody Harrelson, Naomi Watts, and Brie Larson? Brie Larson, yeah. That sounds like a, that's a really good cast. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the name of them? Glass Castle? Glass uh, Castle. The Glass Castle. Cool. Uh, man, fucking, that was, a sh- that, was, that was an uncharacteristically short week of oh, yeah. releases. Yeah. That was weird. I guess yeah. we're... We're getting the wind down of summer and people are now getting ready for like the fall season. Mm-hmm. I wonder what like Oscar bait movies we're going to get this year. Wait, uh, Atomic Blonde isn't one? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see that though. It, it, it is a really fun movie. I'm going to see it again on Wednesday, I think. Nice. It's, it's pretty uh, late. Has anybody seen Dunkirk yet? No, not yet. Dunkirk? I haven't, I've, oh. I haven't seen that many movies this year for oh. like a nerd about entertainment culture. I've just been watching TV more yeah. lately. I, the reason I haven't seen Dunkirk is because I know that it's 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 a... It's a bummer of a war movie, mm-hmm. and I have to be like, I have to be ready to get bummed out. Yes, uh, like I have to go in there with the right attitude. Yeah. And no one wants to go see it with me. Yeah, so like I gotta go, <laughs> I gotta go sit alone in a fucking theater. That's the only way to and go and see people get blown up. That's it's the only like, way. <laughs> <laughs> do you do that? Do you go to the movies alone, Devin? Sometimes I, I used to do it way more often, and then yeah. I was fine with it for years, and then something changed in my head, and it started to feel sad to me. Really. <laughs> So then I quit going as often alone. Wow. <laughs> the last really sad movie experience that I had was mm. when I watched The Nice Guys. Yeah. Because I saw it at That's the end. That's such of a funny movie. <laughs> it was sad. Yeah, yeah. I watched it at the end of a run. So it's only one theater that had it. It was Ballantine Theater. Yeah. In but no, it was Regal Phillips Palace. And mm. fuck, like 30 hours away from fucking North Rhine. Mm-hmm. So I drove 40 minutes to go see this movie at fucking 10 p.m. at night. Mm. And there was, like, nobody in the fucking room with me. Mm. It was just me sitting in a corner of this theater watching Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe kick the shit out of each other. Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe. <laughs> Is that Crowe? Did you say Crowe? Yeah. yeah. Crowe? Oh. It anyway. sounds cool, though. I like yeah. it. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Golden Corral. <laughs> Crowe. Wait. Oh, shit. That should Golden be a meme. What? Russell Corral. Yeah. He's just, Russell like, Corral. eating at the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If I fucking see that on Reddit, I'm gonna make it from now on. I'm gonna I'm be gonna like, make it later. <laughs> There's <laughs> no way it's not already on the internet. Does it? Probably. There's no way it's not. Russell Corral. <laughs> Russell Corral. Oh, by the way, uh, exciting. We got a new setup for yeah. our microphone, so now we have a big ass fucking table. Yeah. And everybody's comfortable. And Chris has his laptop now, so no more freaking out about paper. Hell yeah. It's gonna be lit. Russell Corral. How oh, do you no. say coral? How do you say it? Uh, like, like what? Coral? How do you say golden? Golden. Coral? Oh, go- golden corral. Corral. Yeah. Golden coral, like cor- coral, be like coral reef, and then like coral. I, I, coral is like to bring together or something. Yeah, you know the you, definition of coral. Is it, is it spelled differently? Is it spelled differently? Hmm? Is it, uh, are the words spelled differently? Like coral, coral, and coral? And coral? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Hey, there's one in uh, Gaston County, a Golden Corral, and this. You know how they get the the lights? I sound retarded. The, the <laughs> lights, the, the sign that's lit up. Yeah. yeah. That has the title of the building. My <laughs> speech is going down here right now. That's fine. Uh, I almost described it as neon, but it's not a neon sign. Right. It's just the lights that light up. Say, Golden Corral, the yeah. sea burned off. 
And so it's just golden Go to oral. oral. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That is awesome. Take some, well, I don't know what that implies. What is golden oral? Would that be like you pee into someone's mouth I I would think and so. then they give you the blowjob from there? So that's essentially what like Trump and Putin have been doing in the White House recently? Uh, I don't get political humor. You don't get you, <laughs> haven't, heard about, you haven't heard about the golden showers that what? supposedly Trump was into golden showers by Russian prostitutes yeah. and he was paying them for that kinky shit. Yeah, he what? was getting peed on by Russian prostitutes. Okay. There's an allegation that he was doing that. All right. I don't care if it's true or not. I think that's fucking hilarious. Oh. I so. I hope it's true. Yeah. And then So I, that way you wouldn't be so alone. I just no, that's that's fucked. I am not into that. I need to clarify. That was a good. One. Like, that was a good one. I didn't. I didn't immediately laugh, but inside, yeah. it just made me feel sad for a second. It's like I have to even defend this that I'm not into it. Yeah. I just want Ivanka to be peeing all over Trump. I want him to be like a bitch in the bedroom, just because mm. I think he's a bitch anyway. So I just feel like at least he should be treated like a bitch at some point in his daily I'm into life. It. I don't. I just. I'm going to stop yeah. before I devolve into just saying bitch a lot. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean if that's, if that's what he's into, I guess. I mean, why is he trying to hide that? I mean, if you if you like getting peed on. Because I mean, like, he's the president, and like it looks really bad as a president, I guess. I mean, so does everything else he does. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's my, the le- if that's true. Yeah. That's the least that's, thing I'm worried that's about. That's the yeah. best thing I could name about the guy yeah. is that, hey, he's into getting peed on. Yeah. That's way better than anything he tweets on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah. It's probably cleaner after he gets peed on. I'm saying like he's he having, sterile. Yeah. He's having consensual sex. I'm like, yeah. good for you. Like, I know that that's happening. All right, good. Whatever. Yeah. I just like making fun of it. I mean, yeah, it's funny. Because it makes me laugh. Do you think... Like it gets into his, that can't be his real hair, his wig or whatever. You think it gets into it, and like he has to take the wig off, like wash he has it. to wash it, then iron it, you know, and like <laughs> like where, where would where would a person want to be peed on? Why? No, where? Like is it? Oh, the face? do you think he wears Chest? goggles? Do you think he? No, I think part of the experience is getting piss in your eye. It's, it's in the face. You they want it in the face. No, it depends. Wouldn't some people burn? like chest. Some people like legs. Some people like genitals. Nice. It wouldn't burn in your eyes. It would. Mm. I, I guess I would. I don't know. I've never gotten my peed on. I've seen a really cool porno this, this past week. <laughs> I've seen a really cool porno. Like, I've, I've been saving these porns. All right, tell me if y'all have seen this. All right, it's like a, in Sweden or somewhere overseas, something like that. So they put these women into into a box, but they only put half of them inside the box. Oh, this have is seen, a sec, the, the Czech fantasy. I've seen them. You've seen these? Yeah, I've seen them. All right, all right, Keep so, going. I don't all know right, this all right. So, so ima- imagine like a woman, she like she bends over and then half of her torso is inside of a box. So only the back half of her, like her ass and legs are outside of the box. In, inside of the box, there's a camera, you know, showing her face, you know, from the other side. Or you can have a woman that lays down inside the box, so the only thing that's out is her legs, you know, being being um, strapped up to the walls. Mm-hmm. And then men come in, they pay however much they pay, and then there's just like men everywhere just jacking off, waiting their turn that for a guy to finish fucking, walk off, and then immediately insert from there. Yeah, it's sick fantasy. It's part of a. It's part of what's called a free use kink, mm. which is a really weird kink that's mm. running around the internet that like. Everyone's just kind of a sex toy. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the basis of that. It's I know way too much. I hang out. I. Oh, fuck. I mean, I, I was I was kind of digging it. <laughs> I, I was I was kind of digging it. But it it was like there was one person that um. All right, so so the first guy comes up and fucks her, and she's kind of into it. Yeah. You know, the second guy comes up and fucks her, and then she's just like, all right, you know. The third guy, she's over it. She's all the way over it. You know, but she's still strapped in. You know, she signed up for this thing. How you many know? guys is it? 
I mean, just however many guys decide, because it's just like a big room full of guys. So if like one girl looks like she looks like she has some nice legs, and usually they'll put a picture above like the box so you can see what her face looks like. So I mean, however many guys decide they want to fuck her. You know, so eventually, you know, the one girl that I'm looking at, the third guy that she's been fucked by, she's over it. Like, she's not having fun anymore. It's getting kind of painful, you know, but the time isn't up yet. And guys are still lining up to fuck her. And she's just in there miserable, ready to cry. And I'm over there beating off hysterically. Like, oh, no. Them tears. Give me them tears. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, that so, reminds uh, me of a porno. No, um, there's a Sasha Gray one where she's like using a. It's an old one where she's using a, a fuck machine. I forget what it's called, but it's like getting her ass and her pussy at the same time. It's oh. this machine, and I don't know why, but like you can tell she's already come, mm-hmm. and then it just keeps going. Yeah. Like, for a really long time. Like, I imagine the viewers come, too, at this point. Yeah. Like, minutes later, it's still going. And then she makes this hard, like, Claire Danes-type crying face. <laughs> I love Claire Danes. She'll never hear this, but yeah, yeah. I feel guilty for, like, using her name and what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. But, like, Sasha Gray's just making this Claire Danes homeland crying face. Mm-hmm. Tears streaming down her face. And it just keeps fucking her. And yes. it's just... Yes. And I just... It's not arousing to me at this point. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching it. Oh, yeah. Because you want to see how far is this going to go. Mm-hmm. So, like, how many tears will be shed? Yes. I just like, watching, is... I just like watching girls masturbate, man. Oh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> like, that's you... most of, that's, I have a Tumblr. Yeah. That's exclusively what's in that Tumblr. You know what my thinking is, though? Yeah. I think it was therapy for her. Seriously. Like, she, okay, like, by the time it was done and mm-hmm. she removes this, this machine off her body, yeah. she's just, like, wiped out. Yeah. She's cried all she could fucking cry. It wasn't yeah. even about getting off. She didn't build up to the next orgasm. Yeah. She just was all teared out. Kind of therapeutic. And I felt like she had therapy without even opening her mouth to speak. She, like she didn't all even thing she had to do was open her asshole. Yeah. She, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 the so just, just fuck your problems out of you. Just, yeah, I don't know. I don't have advice. Don't, I mean, that's advice that I would follow for myself. The only only problem I have with like uh, masturbation, watching women masturbate or or men, I guess whatever, yeah. you know, is just like there's they're in control of their own orgasm. Yeah, you know, so um, it's just like I, I I want someone else to be in control of your orgasm because the, the woman just laying there and and it's happening, then all of a sudden just big dick all the way <laughs> in the stomach. It's like holy shit, you know. That's not. How that works? All I'm, the way. In the I mean, the, the way. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's that's how babies are born. You put, so your, you put your penis inside the woman's stomach. <laughs> you go into the navel. It opens up. You go deeper in. Yep. Like part of me is just like because there's there's I saw I go to a subreddit called uh, Bad Woman's Anatomy. Yeah. And it's just like a bunch of like men being idiots yeah. saying weird shit about women's mm-hmm. bodies. And like part of me is just like having flashbacks to everything. Yeah. Friends are going like, I know he's joking, but I feel like I should clarify for like the listeners. Like, oh, that somebody really thinks that you can put your dick inside someone's yeah, stomach. Yeah, I feel like I should because someone if, if, like, if they believe that though, then those are part of the idiots that I'm talking about. No, they, no, no. If I, they I believe that, they need to not be listening to this podcast. They need to just yeah go like, back to school. Yeah, I they, guess. Need, to, they need to take sex. I can't help the idiots. So like, so, like part of me is just kind of like, that's a funny thing to say, but I'm like, ah. I'm like emotionally conflicted in the thing. I just like watching women masturbate. That's my thing. Porn doesn't even do it for me anymore. Like, honestly, like, 
This is how out of touch I am. I referenced Sasha Gray. That's what it made me think of. She hasn't done porn in a while. I'm not sure. It's been like seven years. You know who Sasha Gray is? I I don't like um like uh, porn stars though. They have to be amateur. She's uh, Mm -hmm. like a very not great uh, horror movie B horror movie actress. Now she moved on to like. She also wrote a book that I own, and it's a. Did I give you that book? (laughs) I bought it. I had it at one time. Oh really? It's in German. No, no, no. It's uh, it's called the Juliet Society. Oh yeah, okay. I found it. I Listen, this is a long fucking episode. Yeah, already. I'll uh, quit talking sh- about old porn stores. I mean, it's not. It's just we're twenty minutes. We had an hour long talk. Mm-hmm. And Twenty more minutes at the beginning. I so think Brian's getting cut, uncomfortable. We should cut it up. <laughs> Am I? I don't you, know. Can you feel? Can you feel the anxiety? <laughs> yes. Emanating off of well, we me. We got. We gotta go. We gotta go. Oh God. <laughs> Are you afraid <laughs> Sasha Gray's gonna hear this and then? No, I would. I would love for her to hear this. <laughs> I like yeah. Sasha Gray. I like her. She. She's the only porn star I know who like would bring up Nietzsche. Like mid-interview, when like they're clearly just trying to talk about guys coming on your face, and she's getting like philosophical. <laughs> so to me, that was interesting. That is the best way to handle an interview yeah, as a porn star. Just bring I, up fucking Nietzsche. I have like erectile dysfunction issues, yeah. and like my dick was working perfectly when Sasha Gray was like doing porn. Yeah. And somehow it timed up like when her career ended. And it has nothing to do with her. Yeah. Sounds, your dick's just tied to Sasha. No, it just my dick doesn't work as great now. And so I'm like, I don't watch porn as much because it, it just feels sadder. If you, there's more of a struggle to get it up, and you're yeah. watching porn, mm-hmm. but okay. I get what you mean about amateur. It feels more real to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to give some uh, some. Let's quick not sh- end on the note about erectile. Jeez, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to give a quick shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout, shout out. out. <laughs> It's not a thing. The, uh, I want to give a whoever's shout out you're gonna give to right now mm-hmm. has to go through twelve minutes of mm-hmm. heavy porn talk to get to that shout out. Oh yeah, I wouldn't give a shout out to somebody that's not li- that's not listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, shout out to Jasmine Bird. She's been listening to the podcast for quite a while. I appreciate that shit. We both do. Uh, Ryan, thank Brandon. you, Jasmine. Hell yeah, Ryan. His last name's Brandon, right? Brian Brandon. Uh, that's his middle name, I think. Oh, Ryan. Yeah, I, Ryan. I, I wish I Ryan could Brandon. You, yeah. yeah, I wanted to give you a full shout out, but Ryan Brandon, um, Lauren Kalukak, she was just Lauren here Kalukak. recently. Yep. Uh, she's a listener. Um, Camille, what's Camille's last name? Uh, Dalkey Rogers. No. Uh, Camille Dalkey Rogers. Yeah, she's oh, gotten fun, married. Right. She got married. Congrats, Camille. Oh yeah. Um, anybody else you could think of that have been like loyal listeners from like the beginning? Uh, my friend Luis has recently been listening to the podcast. Shout I'm out, sure Luis. We appreciate. Uh, just like anyone that's a that's a new listener that I've mm. talked to about the podcast recently. Thank you so much for the support. I yes. mean, it's, it's fu- Morty. It's uh, fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and like, we really just appreciate the fact that you're listening to us and spending time with us. And, yes. And texting us five months later after an episode comes out yeah. and telling us that we fucked up on something. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. Does that throw you off like terribly? Like, what the fuck are you criticizing me about? That, <laughs> no, like, I just have no it's idea. A really old episode, and they're just now hearing it. I have no idea what the conversation is about. I mean, it's like we are we 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 fucked up on on Spider Man Homecoming. <laughs> It's like, we were like, who, who's the guy at the end of the movie in the credits? We don't know. And then, like, people, we would get a message, like, in a group message, yeah. be like, hey, hey, guys, um, just so you know, this, 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 and this is in the movie. I'm like, all right, thanks, thumbs up. Yeah. So then five minutes later, another group message, <laughs> you know, hey, guys, just so you know, this, this, and this. It's but it's like, in order to not, like, be an asshole, you know, you can't be like, yeah, 15 people just told us that. God damn it, we know. It's just the same response. Oh, thanks, man, thanks. Because, like, they actually <laughs> listen and, you know, responding to us. 
You know, so you just have to say, oh, thanks. Because I'm like, usually when we do get a correction, it's like multiple people seeing yeah, that yeah, we yeah. fucked up. Because <laughs> usually when, when, we, when someone bothers enough to correct us, it means that it was big enough of a fuck up yeah. for people <laughs> for to correct us. people to correct it. We appreciate it, though, because, yeah. I mean, it means you're listening. We're, and, we and really we, do. We do appreciate it. To this day, my favorite phone call that I've gotten about the podcast was uh, Crockett's mm. phone call, Jordan Crockett. Mm. I, was, I was at school, and the episode had come out like four weeks uh, before he called me. Yeah. And it's just, he, I get a call, it's like, oh, that's weird. Crockett's not calling me. He never calls me. Yeah. Pick up the phone, and it's like, you fucking idiot. It's Charlie Day in Pacific Rim. God damn it. And then mm. he hangs up. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It took me a week to find out what the fuck he was talking about. From what about. episode, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, no, we appreciate the support. Thank you yeah. to everyone who listens. And uh, we will see you next week. Where can they find uh, you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Oh, no, no, that was my bad. I, I, I overstepped my boundaries right there. He, he already knew what he was doing. Hop I fucked up. Yeah, damn right you did. Hop off my dick, Chris. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and Google Play Music app mm. under the name for film's sake. You can find us on Twitter at the FFS Podcast, on Facebook uh, at uh, on Facebook at the, wait, FFS Podcast? Mm-hmm. On Facebook? No, on Twitter Unders- it's the underscore FFS Podcast. Mm-hmm. And on Facebook it's the, the FFS Podcast. And uh, my personal Twitter handle is Brown Archita. And, and I'm at uh, T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey. And uh, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for watching. De- Devin, De- thank you for coming in. Yeah, Are you thanks. on social media at all? Don't follow me on anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people want things from me, and I don't like it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, so don't follow Devin. Uh, but you can follow us. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Yeah.